0: It's It's 53 Degrees at DVE. I'm Val Porter. President Trump's personal lawyer doesn't know about attorney Michael Cohen making any payments to other women on behalf of the president. Speaking on ABC's This Week, Rudy Giuliani said Cohen made payments for Trump and conducted business for the president, which means he had legal fees and other expenditures. Giuliani feels Cohen is going to cooperate with federal investigators, but he adds he doesn't think they'll be happy with it because... Cohen doesn't have any incriminating evidence. City officials say Amazon representatives have briefly visited Pittsburgh as part of the search for their new second home. Mayor Bill Peduto says officials were only in Pittsburgh for about 24 hours but did look at the real estate mentioned in Pittsburgh's proposal. Pittsburgh is reported in the top 20 potential sites for Amazon's HQ2 complex. Are you somebody who is always late for everything? Yes. Well, congratulations. You're going to live longer and be more successful than all those on-time people. I knew it. A study found people who are chronically late have more optimistic personality traits. And according to research out of Harvard, that optimistic outlook has a major impact on overall health and life expectancy. Not only that, but most people who are always late tend to be late because they have an unrealistic expectation about what they can get done in a limited amount of time. (laughs) Which makes sense. Uh, that means they're passionate about the activity they're doing. Uh, passion breeds success. and the study found being late can lead to more success than being punctual.
1: Thats which That's my excuse. A lot. Yeah, that's my excuse every time. Sorry guys, I was I'm too passionate <laughs> and I want to live longer. That's why I'm late.
0: <laughs> a man known for his love and devotion to the McDonald's Big Mac has eaten his 30,000th burger. Don Gorski of Wisconsin holds a Guinness World Record for most Big Macs consumed. On Friday, he ate his 30,000th Big Mac oh
1: my uh, at the God.
0: same McDonald's location where he first tried it back in the early 70s. Uh, Gorski has been featured on the film Supersize Me, where okay. he said about 90% of his diet is probably Big Macs. He also proposed to his wife in the parking lot of his local Big Mac.
1: I was going to uh, ask. The local
0: McDonald's.
1: I was going to ask if that's the guy.
0: That's the guy.
1: He's probably going to be buried in a Big Mac casket. Uh yeah. <laughs> I mean 30,000 hamburgers? How do you
0: I that's I don't know the I don't know how old the guy is. He's, but he, he's he's old. I was going to say he had his first one in the 70s, so he's got to be in his 60s.
1: I think he's older least. than that, yeah. What, what I mean, it's kind of like he's you 64. remember 64. Okay. So he's not as old as I thought he was to eat 30,000 cheeseburgers. Oh That's God. a lot. That is a ton. But that you know how you diversion. say your dad or your grandfather, oh, my grandfather. Ate, ate bacon, smoked oh. unfiltered cigarettes?
0: Yep. Uh, non filter camels and uh, worked in a steel mill and he yeah, fried everything in bacon grease. And he I lived mean, to be 90.
1: Some people can do that. <laughs> the guy in Super Size Me, the guy Morgan Spurlock, who mm-hmm. was making the documentary, tried to just eat that food for a month for every meal. And his organs started shutting down. <laughs> 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 so it's not advisable.
0: Uh, yeah, not a good practice, probably. Everything in moderation. That seems to be a good good idea. And this seems to be happening with much more frequency. A Florida man who had an unexplained beef with a fast food drive-through ended up behind bars after he completely destroyed the, you know, the speaker that you place your order in. Yeah. Michael Jordan was described as incoherent when he tried to get into a Vero Beach fast food place a few minutes after closing time but the door was locked. He started banging on the glass, shouting obscenities, and then took off, but he came back about a half hour later. That time he was pushing a small yellow bicycle, which he took to the still open drive through, smashed the window and Aww. then beat the order speaker until the head snapped <laughs> off. He caused about a thousand dollars in damages at the jail. Investigators found a small amount of marijuana in his pants pocket, which I thought that always mellowed you out. Yeah. Yeah. I don't this caused this guy to go on a rampage.
1: Well, maybe he saved that for after he he was eating and he did all the Coke before uh, maybe. dinner.
0: The new Disney Marvel blockbuster is having the best second weekend in movie history. Avengers Infinity War is on track to sell just over $112 million in tickets in North America. That'll bring the film's domestic total to nearly $451 million since its release 11 days ago. We saw it on Friday.
1: You did? Great. You loved it?
0: It's two, I think it's like two hours and 39 minutes. You don't even think about the time. Really? The worst, the longest part of it for me was waiting for the credits to be over to see that secret scene at the, well, not a secret scene, but that last scene scene, after the credits. Yeah. It's really good. So
1: with all the, this is the thing that I've been wanting to ask people with all those characters, do they do a good job at incorporating them all into the story? I, or is it kind of like cameos that last two seconds?
0: I think they do, but I'm, I am kind of watch it because my husband watches it. Yeah. So I there were two people in the movie. I didn't even know who they were. Right, but it's still a real. Even if you don't know who somebody is, it's still an incredible movie.
1: Have you seen all the other ones? Like, have you seen No
0: because Captain
1: I did. America: Civil War?
0: Yes, I think so. Okay, I don't know which. Did one's you see which. the original <laughs> Avengers? Yeah.
1: Okay, did you see Age of Ultron or Doctor uh, Strange? I did or? not
0: see Doctor Strange, but I knew who he was. Okay. Um.
1: Because yeah, I'm watching, really I'm on a backlog of watching like 10 movies so that I can go to that and, and understand l- everything.
0: I'd love to see how they make that because mo- it's a, it's just nothing but special effects. Right. I'd love to see how they make that movie.
1: Yeah, the things just getting smashed at every scene. And right? outer
0: space and yeah, it's crazy, but it's really good. Yeah, you should go see it. Um, worldwide sales have already reached over a billion dollars coming in second this week in the U.S. and Canada is Overboard followed by A Quiet Place, I Feel Pretty and Rampage uh, we're going to be seeing less of Conan O'Brien soon his TBS show will be cut down to just a 30 minute nightly show in 2019 he says the move gives them the opportunity to double down on stuff they're doing that works best and reson- resonates with the fan base especially digital stuff He said it'll make the show leaner so he doesn't have to be out there filling time in any way if it's not working. Finally, Stormy Daniels used Saturday Night Live to send a warning to President Trump. The adult film star appeared in the opening sketch over the weekend alongside Alec Baldwin as Trump. Daniels told the fake president how she feels he can end the scandal involving the $130,000 payment made to her by his
2: lawyer. Just tell me, what do you need for this to all go away? A resignation? Yeah, right. (laughs) Being president is like doing porn. Once you do it, it's hard to do anything else.
0: She also told him even though he may not believe in climate change, a storm's a-coming. That skit followed the New York Times report Friday saying Trump knew about the hush money payments.
1: I don't like this world we're currently living in. (laughs) I don't like it when they make movies about things that just happened. And this falls into that category for me Mm -hmm. where now all of a sudden the line between reality and entertainment (laughs) has blurred. I mean, I guess that line was obliterated when Trump became the president.
0: Yeah. And Saturday Night Live has probably always done a good job of of doing that too. But yeah, I haven't heard. I don't know anybody who went to see her at Blush. Oh,
1: Blush. Yeah. No, neither do I. I don't know any uh, older progressive couples (laughs) that just want to support the country. Or make it great again.
0: Yeah, tweet us if you if you went. Let us know how it was. We should have sent Joe down to do a, a
1: report. We don't want to expose Joe to that. Look at yeah, him; he's, he's a good kid,
0: young, fresh faced, innocent. Ruin him? <laughs> not yet. Cloudy today. Chance of rain. Mid sixties for the high. It's fifty three now at DVE. I'm Val Porter with Bill Crawford and Mike Pursuta. Randy, uh, long weekend. Uh, he'll be back on Wednesday, and uh, he's at Jazz Fest. So I don't I don't know if he felt that earthquake or not. I didn't see him tweet about it. There was an earthquake off the coast of Louisiana, I think. Oh. A, a small one, so I don't know how how far it traveled, but
1: Yeah, I don't know if he was in, drinking at the fr- in the French Quarter, I don't I don't might, know that Might not
0: have realized No. It. He <laughs> might
1: have just been like, "Whoa, I've had one too many tonight."
0: Uh so yeah, the penguins facing elimination tonight and uh they'll be back here. In Pittsburgh, Game Six, Game Seven, if necessary, in Washington D.C. We're going to talk to uh, a D.C. sports big shot, mm-hmm. uh, Grant Paulson from 106.7, The Fan in Washington D.C. And if you think, "Hey, that name sounds familiar," that's because it's Scott Paulson's nephew.
1: Love Grant. No, and, he uh, knows a, he knows a bunch about the uh, the team down there. But this could get contentious because he does not like the Penguins.
0: Yeah. And uh, he's definitely into the into the Capitals as a fan. So mm-hmm. uh, we'll check in with him. Kevin Allen as well from USA Today. It's the DVE Morning Show.
2: And the Pittsburgh
3: Pirates have traded away two of their biggest stars and fan favorites, Garrett Cole and now Andrew McCutcheon. Unbelievable. Here to discuss what happened, team <laughs> owner Bob Nutting.
2: Good morning, Pirate hi, fans.
3: Yeah, hi. Well,
2: plenty of great skiing available right now at Seven Springs. 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 Seven Springs.
3: Mr. Nodding. last year, you only won 75 games.
2: Sidebar, that's way more than the Penguins won, and you threw them a parade.
3: It's still under 500.
2: Under 500 what?
3: And now, after another losing season, <laughs> you've traded away... Two of your biggest stars.
2: Wrong. (laughs) Big news. (laughs) Potato Pete and Toby the intern that checks to make sure my zipper is up before I leave the office are still on the payroll.
3: I'm talking about McCutcheon and Cole.
2: Is that a detective show?
3: No, your star outfielder and pitcher. You traded them away for a bunch of prospects that nobody's heard of.
2: Well, once upon a time, nobody had heard of a fella by the name of Toby the Intern, and now I literally am afraid to leave the office without him giving me the okay sign. You've made
3: a fortune on empty promises and outright lies concerning this baseball
2: team. Not true! I also made a fortune on scamming skiers into skiing on white cornflakes.
3: The taxpayers of this town paid for your stadium.
2: Only most of it.
3: And you continue to swindle your fan base by constantly asserting that the organization isn't profitable, despite all evidence to the contrary.
2: Objection! He's leading the witness, Your Honor. We're not in court. I rest my (laughs) case. Case! (laughs) Case. I rest my case. That was fun. We could probably write for that show, Cutch and Cole.
3: Is let me ask you this: <laughs> Is Jay hay next? J Who? J Hey.
2: J He. J Ha. J Hodis. J Hodum. What are Joe, you? Hillel
3: What are you doing?
2: I thought we were conjugating Latin.
3: You know how to speak Latin?
2: Well, when you hire as many Latin players as I do, it comes in <laughs> handy. You, you,
3: know, you, you may say this is about building for the future, but don't be surprised if the fans make you pay for trading Cutch and Cole. Do you realize how angry your fans are?
2: In all seriousness, Lanny, I want to thank Andy McCullen and Gary Cohn for being wonderful assets. (laughs) And I will always remember them fondly for their ability to make people think this team had a chance to win and helping to make me very wealthy. Very sincere of you. Plenty of good skiing at Seven Springs. See you on the slopes. Slopes. (laughs) No, I think they're pretty fast. DVE Sports.
4: I'm Mike Pursuta for DVE Sports, brought to you this hour by Xfinity from Comcast. The Penguins are on the brink tonight. Game six of the Eastern Conference semifinals against the Capitals, 7 o'clock on your Penns flagship, 105.9 The X Washington has a three games to two series lead by virtue of the caps. Come from behind, six to three win over the Penguins on Saturday night. In Game 5, it was 3-2 to Penguins after two periods of play.
0: That was a heel. Heel to the balls. Heel
4: to the balls. They were in shutdown mode, having dominated the second period and coming off of Game 4 in which they closed out the third period like Mariano Rivera, but this time Rivera blew the save. And uh, that's twice now in this series that the Penguins have had third-period leads and been unable to hold them, and that's why they are facing elimination tonight.
0: Unbelievable.
4: Mike Sullivan on a conference call yesterday, uh, expressing confidence and uh, maintaining that the Penguins understand the situation that they're in and that they have the tools to deal with it.
5: Well, I think it. I think it comes down to character and the people that we have in our dressing room. You know, these guys are competitive guys. They know what it takes to win. Uh, they're not afraid of challenges, and they embrace. They embrace these types of situations, so we have uh, the utmost confidence in the group that we have. Uh, They're a battle-tested group, and I know our guys are looking forward to the opportunity to play tomorrow
4: night. Penguins were in position to uh, win Game 5, but uh, the third period, uh, they just came unglued right from the outset. They'd given up three shots on goal in the third period in Game 4. They gave up three in the first minute of Game 5, including a breakaway goal by Evgeny Katsnetsov at 52 seconds, a play on which Crystal Tang just vacated his spot and went over and decided to cover Alex Ovechkin on the left boards, even though Brian Dumoulin was covering Alex Ovechkin. Why would he do that? On the left boards, I have no idea. That was foreshadowing, something he'd do again in the game. And uh, then on what became the game winner at 15:22, that was a three-on-four on which the Caps ended up getting a breakaway, That the game-tying goal. Uh, the game winner from Jacob Verana was a 2-on-2. Brian Dumoulin had uh, driven the net and uh, had a great chance. He was stopped by Braden Holpe. Riley Sheehan had covered for him, so it was a 2-on-2. Uh, Letang and Sheehan back and Alex Ovechkin and Verana attacking. Sheehan did a great job forcing Ovechkin to the outside. He got off a weak backhand that went off Matt Murray's pad. And then rather than pick up a man, Chris Tang was standing in the slot looking around and Verona beat him to the puck and whacked it into an open net. Uh, Awful the, game. The three for him. St- the three stars were Verona cuts nets off and Holtby. if they picked the three guys who were most responsible for their team losing, Crystal Tang would have been number 1. That's
0: Might have been all three.
4: <laughs> that's just yeah, the first, fact. second and third yeah. stars. Penguins were also in uh good shape in the first period. They were playing well and had one nothing late and Dominic Simone took an offensive zone tripping penalty kind of thing you can't do he might have snuck in there as number three (laughs) uh the caps got a couple quick ones at the end of the first period to take a two-to-one lead but the penguins bounced back as uh, they needed to in the second and then just did not finish the game um they're capable against these guys it's not like the caps are overwhelming them but the penguins breakdowns are consistently winding up in their net Uh, yep mike sullivan maintained yesterday they know what they got to fix and uh Making those fixes won't be a hard sell.
5: No, I think our players are well aware of, uh, you know, where we, where we can be better. With, there will be a little bit of video, but not very much. I think, you know, when the reality is, is we've played, we've played these guys five times in a row. I'm not sure as, as we go on here that we're going to learn much more than we have in, in the five games that we played them. So we tend to, we tend to use a little bit less video as the series goes on. Uh, and certainly we'll, we'll address,
4: The haven't been in this position since the 2016 season. They were trailing Tampa Bay three games to two in the Eastern Conference Final. Uh, they had to go on the road to beat the Lightning and extend the series to seven games, which uh, they did, five to two. Then they came back to Pittsburgh and won game seven, two to one. Uh, in the Mike Sullivan era, they're 4-0 when facing elimination, but that includes three game sevens, which to me is a different animal when both teams are facing elimination. As opposed to when they're not and you are. Right. I, it's a different dynamic. I can't really put a finger on it. Will the Capitals be overconfident because of that? Will they be more relaxed and play better because of that? Or is it just another game in what has been a, an up and down, tight, back and forth series? And it's going to come down to who makes the mistake at the wrong time, who gets a bounce.
0: Those first two periods Saturday, that was great. Oh, hockey. my God.
4: The pace of those it was games so was so good. Incredible.
1: I thought they dominated for 40 minutes uh, other than a couple of moments that they that the caps cashed in on
4: yeah I thought the, the first period I thought with the first five minutes I thought Washington got some really good looks that's when Matt Murray was at his best uh, and, and speaking of Matt Murray it, Letang's breakdowns aside if you come up with a big save on Kitsnetsov, uh, that goes a long way too so sure um, Holtby's been better yeah and I think you know most of the caps have been better than most of the pens. Um Phil Kessel doesn't have a goal in this series. Uh Sidney Crosby's got a ton of points, uh, seven of them, but he's even. Jake Gensel has eight points, he's even. Uh Kessel's, by the way, is minus five. Latang's minus five, and if Kenny Malkin's played three games and he's minus six.
0: Um
4: they gotta have, be better or we're time going to be home. Great. They have shown the ability that uh they're able to tighten up when they become committed to tightening up. And I, I think that's the way they got to play it. They got to take the ice tonight, thinking job one is the Capitals aren't scoring a goal, and they got to let the game come to them. Uh, if they force it, if they uh, make the the kind of coverage mistakes they've been making, uh, clear the deck at Oakmont.
0: Brian Dumoulin looked really frustrated <laughs> after that when uh, the goal that they scored when Latang came over with him.
4: Yeah, I just – I can't for the life of me. Letang said he thought that Dumoulin was going to gap up. But even if Dumoulin's going to do that, which he wasn't, and that's not I, – I hadn't seen them play it that way all year. Uh, even if you're worried about Ovechkin on the left boards, you got to stay in the middle of the ice. Right. Because he's at the blue line on the left boards. And if you're in the middle, you can cover either side if you think Dumoulin mm-hmm. is up in the neutral zone for whatever reason, which he, which he was what? not. Yeah. He wasn't. It's it just – it just seemed like a mental lapse. Yeah, it's inexplicable. And and on the Verona one, again, he talked about uh, he was going over there to make sure Ovechkin didn't cut around Shane. He's obviously obsessed with Ovechkin, it, Yeah, He's been on the ice against him a lot. He knows the threat that he is. But Shane played that perfectly. Ovechkin on a weak backhand is not going to score. That's not his shot. He's not a drive-the-net guy. Right. Um you, you got to pick up a man when it's a two-on-two. Two. Screw the puck, you know. Right, yeah. If you're if you're on top of Rana, he's not going to do anything, and they're not going to score. And it's oh, it's simple. It's simple, basic stuff. And and to melt down like that in the third period at that time in in that critical of a game, that part doesn't bode well. Uh, some history for the Penguins uh, does bode well. I mentioned what they had done in the Tampa series a couple of years ago, the three wins. Uh, in Game 7s under Mike Sullivan. So they are 4-0 under Sullivan when facing elimination. Uh, this is the fourth time that uh, the Caps have had a 3-2 series lead on the Pens through uh, five games in the eleven series that the two teams have played previously and Washington has won the series once. 94. Pens are 9-1 and all time against the Caps when facing elimination. It's history, not prophecy. Uh, Brian Dumoulin among the Penguins who... Uh, expressed confidence even in defeat in the wake of Game 5. Yeah, I mean, we've done it before. We know we got it in this group. We're going back home. We've been good at home all all year, and we won one game there. We come back here and and play Game 7. It's nothing new to us. It's nothing we're afraid of, and um, we're just going to bring our best effort uh, again on on, uh, Game 6. 3-1, the Lightning over the Bruins yesterday afternoon. Tampa Bay eliminates Boston, wins that series in five games. The Lightning... Are in the Eastern Conference Final for the third time in four years, and Mark Andre Fleury and the Golden Knights did it again, three nothing over San Jose. Vegas wins that series, four games to two. Fleury improved to eight and two in the 2018 Stanley Cup Playoffs with a 1.53 goals against, a .950 save percentage, and four shutouts.
1: The Lightning look good. They look real good. They look real good. They got to the conference finals in ten games.
4: Winnipeg hosting uh, Nashville tonight uh, as well, and Winnipeg has a chance to close that series out in six. Pirates beat the Brewers nine to nothing yesterday afternoon in Milwaukee. Bucks take uh, two or three in the series and improve to nineteen and sixteen on the year. Chad Cool seven innings, just one hit allowed, no runs, two walks, and eight strikeouts as he improves to four and two. It's an off day for the Pirates today and they take on the White Sox on Tuesday night in Chicago, Yvonne Nova against Lucas Giolito Crystal Tang, what's he thinking? Not a whole lot. What's he thinking? The lapses are definitely mental, right Mike? No question. Yeah. It's not like he's getting beat on plays, he's just making the wrong like judgment dumb call. dumb plays. Yeah. Um, don't get scored on, take it from there, that would be my advice.
0: Thanks, Mike. Coming up at the top of the hour, Sex with Cars is happening with increasing frequency. I've got two stories coming up at the top of the hour. Two. That's happening. That's on the way. It's a DVE
3: morning show. Good morning, hockey fans, and welcome to the NHL on NBC. I'm Doc Emmerich, along with Edzo and Pierre, and we are at the PPG Paints Arena In Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, where the energy is palpable. And speaking of energy, I seem to be hooked up to a series of wires that are positioned near various nerve centers on my body. And I haven't the slightest idea why, Pierre. You are between the benches. What say you, sir?
4: Doc, I've spoken with the NHL's head electrician, Travis McRupp, and he assures me this is all safe and up to code. And what is
1: Pierre talking about? Okay, Doc, every time we're in Pittsburgh, you have a habit of mentioning the Pittsburgh Pirates, like, way too many times. And quite
3: an April, they've had a nearly perfect Kingham in his debut this past Sunday. Uh, yeah, like that. It's really annoying. Well, I'm glad you brought it up, in fact, because attendance notwithstanding, the hottest team in the NL Central is none other than your Pittsburgh Pir- Oh my God, what a shock! All the way up from my lower extremities, past the belt line and filtering its way out of my neck and ears. Truly a shocking development. Pierre, you're between the benches. Maybe you know why this happened.
4: Doc, it's going to happen every time you mention the buckos. It's called cognitive shock therapy. Enzo's idea.
1: Yeah, Doc, I got this idea from a trainer buddy of mine in Pimlico. He hooks his horses up to these cables and gives them a little jolt when the horsies exhibit undesirable behavior. So,
3: if I am to understand correctly. Oh my, what a shock! From the stick of Edzo, a rip-roaring current of electricity for absolutely no reason whatsoever.
4: Oh, Jeez, my. Jeez, Enzo, he didn't even mention them that time. Sorry, I thought he was about to say something. Doc, I'll be speaking with league disciplinarian George Paros about this, and believe me, he's going to want to have a face-to-face with Edzo over that unwarranted shock. Snitches get
1: stitches, Pierre.
4: Just trying to protect the integrity of electro-convulsive
3: therapy, Edzo. So as it stands, I'll be on the unlucky end of the Edzo shock contraption any time I mention the Pittsburgh Pirates. Oh my God, what a shock to the system! My cufflinks have become like molten lava rocks against my wrist, and Edzo, I have to admit, I am confused.
1: Sorry, Doc, it's just that we'd really like to keep it to hockey talk tonight. Big game with Ovi and Sid in the barn.
3: And folks, that last avalanche of lethal voltage has caused a mild arrhythmia. Edzo, if you'd be so kind to administer one more electric offering to... (laughs) And that'll do it! The electric currents from that unimaginably painful current of white-hot electricity has knocked my heart back into a sinus rhythm, and we'll take this moment to pause for a word from our sponsors. When we come back, the puck will drop at PPG Paints Arena, the Pens and the Capitals, and you can be most assured there will be no mention of the Pittsburgh Pirates. <laughs>
4: Uh Uh-oh. Jesus, Enzo, I can see the smoke from down here. Could you adjust the voltage from what the trainer used on 1,000-pound thoroughbreds?
1: Didn't occur to me.
4: Gentlemen,
3: can someone retrieve my eyeglasses from atop the Jumbotron, please?
0: It's a DVE morning show. Alice Cooper, the DVE Halloween party coming up in October. On the 26th, it's a Friday night. Alice Cooper at Stage A.E., that's gonna be a good time. Oh,
1: that's gonna be a blast. I,
0: I saw him last summer for the first time in a long time and he's still awesome. Oh yeah. I mean it's a great show, so and it's an indoor show which is a little smaller than you know, the sheds that he normally plays, so that's gonna that'll be fun to see him in that venue. And
1: it's a costume party
0: dress up if you like yes. you can
1: dress up like anything. i mean
0: what other show would you want to dress up at rather than Alice Right. Cooper? this so. is
1: this is going to be tremendous
0: uh i'm gonna have news coming up next and we'll be joined at 8:45 by grant paulson from 106.7 the fan in washington dc that's scott paulson's nephew uh and kevin mm-hmm. allen at 9 15 uh both those guys on to talk about the penguins capitals possible elimination well it's not it is do or die tonight
1: yeah They have to stave off elimination.
0: Right. So uh, that's tonight at PPG Paints Arena. It's a DVE morning show. It's It's 55 degrees at DVE. I'm Val Porter. First Lady Melania Trump is going to officially announce her platform today, her formal platform. The announcement will take place in the White House Rose Garden. Her spokeswoman tells CNN the First Lady's mission will focus on the well-being of children. Her platform will have a broad agenda and won't focus on just one specific area. Instead, she'll be working on a wide variety of issues affecting kids. If you're feeling down in the dumps, just get your blood pumping According to new research, just 10 minutes of exercise is all you need to improve your mood
1: 10 minutes it's
0: Not much at all The study found people who work out for as little as 10 minutes a day are happier And have a more positive attitude than those who do not work out at all
1: Me and Serena always say this, like if I don't work out for a day or two, I'll feel the scary start to creep in (laughs) where all of a sudden these really like dangerous voices start entering my head. And then I just, I, I get really negative. I get down, I get depressed. Yeah. One, one workout and I'm, I'm back to normal.
0: Yeah. Clear the head.
1: There is nothing better for you than physical exercise. Good
0: for getting it out. And whining is good too. According to a new study, complaining about work is actually good for you. Researchers from the University of Melbourne found that whining to co-workers not only helps employees work through their problems, but helps coworkers bond with each other.
1: Well, that's what I want to do. That's how I'm going to make my money. I'm going to put out a wine 90X where you can just get shredded by whining about your job. <laughs> and then Sherry was like, where's the stapler? <laughs> Feel the burn, guys. Feel it. <laughs> so I definitely, that- definitely whine about um, just how, like, I'm always tired because of this job. That's the only thing yeah. to me that I I just can't get around.
0: I now, can't circumvent you, it. when you sleep, do you sleep through the night? Because I never do. I
1: can't. Yeah.
0: I just, I thought the other morning, if I could get... If I ever slept eight hours in a row, it would be, like, the greatest thing ever.
1: Right. Like, and good quality yeah. REM sleep. Yes. Get that rapid eye movement.
0: No idea what that's like. Because I'm going <laughs> to You're keep... so lucky, you people who get a good night's sleep.
1: Who are these psychopaths I don't that know. sleep soundly every night? Well, one thing uh. that I was reading is, you know, there's so much restorative... Um, processes that happen when you sleep you know your yeah your brain is flushing out all the inflammation your and, body
0: and, recovers
1: and th- there was a really interesting angle to that sleep podcast on on joe rogan the other day that i keep coming back to and they were talking about dreams and you know how you dream for a full night and then you wake up and you don't really remember your dreams mm-hmm. Uh, This guy had done some studies and he was saying it's because the the wiring in your brain is changing from input to output. So basically your dreams are like your brain flushing everything out. So you're just watching as the dreams are leaving your brain. Which explains why you don't remember them. I don't know if that's true or not. Mm -hmm. This guy has done some studies to say that basically you're not, whenever you're dreaming, you're not committing those things to memory. Yeah. Just like how when you're walking around every day, you're not, all of everything you're seeing is not. Absorbed. Loaded into your memory. Right. Except for that weird condition that some people have. The one woman who was on taxi. Yeah.
2: She, she remembers remembered everything.
1: every moment from every day. Yeah. She's got to have some incredibly boring <laughs> stories.
0: <laughs> winning a million dollar lottery prize is nice, but winning it a second time. ah, eh, that would be pretty awesome, too. In 2014, Lubomir Rizhvalski of Florida stopped into a convenience store and bought a scratch off ticket. Won a million bucks. He so, can retire. Decided to give it a shot again last week. Bought another lottery ticket. Lightning does, in fact, strike twice. He scratched it off to reveal another million-dollar prize.
1: Wow. Is he under investigation? (laughs) This doesn't feel legal.
0: The 60-year-old chose to receive the prize in one lump-sum payment, Uh, so that was $748,000. The odds of winning $1 million in this particular lottery game even just once are one in uh, 620870 Wow.
1: And what it, for him. what what would you do? Like you had an option where you could get one lump sum payment or paid over the duration of
0: oh lump sum for yeah. sure.
1: But don't you I get don't crushed think, on the taxes? But if you I don't take think like
0: once? if you die next year, I don't think your your uh, heirs get the money. Oh, so it's just gone.
1: It cuts off.
0: Yeah, I I'm pretty sure.
1: That doesn't seem fair.
0: So yeah, definitely would take the lump sum.
1: Give me all my money.
0: Right. Police in Norristown, Pennsylvania, responded to a report of a disturbance in the road and discovered a woman with a very dangerous car fetish. Witnesses saw the woman run out of her house and chase down vehicles because she wanted to kiss them. She was pursued by two other women who later told police they were her home health aides hired to take care of her. Officers caught up with the woman and told her she had to get out of the road for her own safety. She explained she's been diagnosed with, I'm not, if it's mechani- mechanophilia or mechanophilia. <laughs> that's,
1: that's not a thing, man. It is
0: a thing. It's a thing. I remember we talked to Harlan Williams once about it.
1: Oh, yeah. I know people do it. Yeah. But I just don't think it's a clinical. A diagnosis. Right.
0: Well, this lady claims that she's been diagnosed. It's a sexual attraction to vehicles and other machinery.
1: Is it a specific make and model? No. or
0: she hoards it up.
1: She she doesn't discriminate <laughs> <No>. <laughs> she hoards it up. Officers, she just goes to a dealership and has it at as,
0: it. yeah. Officers took the woman back to her home where she immediately hugged and kissed an SUV and yelled at another vehicle because Whoa. she didn't like it.
1: She's a size queen.
0: Uh, after a few more tender moments with the SUV, she went back inside her home. <laughs> tender moments? And in Kansas, a 24-year-old, Ugh. extremely intoxicated man was taken to a hospital after police found him trying to have sex with the tailpipe of a car. Ouch! Hopefully it hadn't just been running.
1: Right, and hopefully he was using protection. <laughs> he could get tetanus.
0: <laughs> police ordered him to stop, but he refused, so they had to use a <laughs> stun gun on him. <laughs> oh my God. He was taken to are a hospital. With people? Uh, he had a life-threatening 0. .35 blood alcohol level. That might have something to do with it. And yeah. witnesses said he also may have had a head injury.
1: Pro- There's no question.
0: Prosecutors are recommending a charge of ludicrous behavior. Because this
1: is the tailpipe is not a friendly <laughs> friendly foe.
0: Not falling for the banana in the tailpipe.
1: No. <laughs> I don't think they mean that.
0: <laughs> not that banana. It's
1: not literal. <laughs> Oh my God, what's uh, wrong with people? Yeah, there's a lot wrong with people. Good. Oh. What is happening? Wait, I just don't in understand. Like, you know, so, like when people are playing with balloons or, you know, they like to put on a diaper and, and Be act like a baby, at least that I could psychologically link that to something
0: really? What? I'm I'm saying like,
1: well, something in their childhood that would Trigger lead them it. to be like this. Weird. If, if you want to have sex with cars, well maybe they were conceived in cars. That that maybe. could be uh they're they're going like the salmon back up the stream to the place <laughs> of their birth. <laughs> I
0: don't, that might be. I don't know. I'm logistically having sex with a tailpipe is difficult. Yeah. Uh yeah. Yes.
1: For so many we, different reasons. the
0: greatest quads ever. Right.
1: You 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 know, you got to really <laughs> uh, have squat some leg like a champ. power. <laughs>
0: In music news, Bruce Springsteen is releasing the recording of his 1996 concert at his Freehold, New Jersey parochial school, St. Rose of Lima. Freehold '96 is available for download now, and the CD can be pre-ordered at live.springsteen.net. That special homecoming show was part of Springsteen's Tom Joad tour and features acoustic versions of some of his biggest hits, including "My Hometown," "The River," "Darkness on the Edge of Town," and "The Promised Land." Leonard Skinnerd kicked off the Last of the Street Survivors farewell tour on Friday at Coral Sky Amphitheater in West Palm Beach, Florida. The group began its hit-filled 16-song set with Skynyrd Nation, and uh, it's really nothing but hits. What's Your Name, Traveling Man, that's Mel, I Know a Little, Whiskey Rocker Roller, Saturday Night Special, Curtis Lowe, Tuesday's Gone, Don't Ask Me No Questions, Simple Man, Double Trouble, Gimme Three Steps, Call Me the Breeze, Sweet Home Alabama, and the encore is Freebird.
1: Dang. They're not so, playing any games. All the
0: hits. Uh, they play uh, Key Bank Pavilion on August 25th. Uh, and there's a video Joe's going to post on the morning show page at com, So you can check out some of that. Actor Ken Jeong is being praised for treating a woman having a seizure at his stand-up show over the weekend. His medical degree paid off and allowed him to help the woman at his show in Phoenix, Arizona on Saturday night. He thought the woman was just playing around at first mm. until the audience said, no, this is uh, uh, the real thing. He and an EMT in the audience assisted her until an ambulance came and took her to the hospital. He then went on with the show. Oh, my God. How do you get the room back after that?
1: I don't know, but that's happened to me before. Really? Oh, yeah. In Toledo, I was doing it. It was like the first weekend of the year. It was January 1st through the 5th. So it's a real throwaway weekend. So they gave me and this other guy... Whose name is Al Goodwin? Um, I, I forget where he's from, but he, he, me, and him were basically co-headlining the weekend. So I'd headline a show, he'd headline a show, and we just kept going back and forth. And one of the last shows that we did, he said, "You know, you you can go, uh, you can finish this show, you can close the show out." And mm-hmm. I said, "All right, cool." And the MC was up there, basically saying, "You know, getting ready to introduce me." And you just hear somebody hit the ground in the back of the room, and somebody just stood up and said, She's not breathing. And and it was like, Oh my God. Oh my God. The whole room started to panic. Like a couple people were nurses and ran over to her table. She had apparently gone into diabetic shock. Oh my. She was laying there. She wasn't breathing. They called the paramedics, and the whole show, the whole showroom is just sort of like, Silent,
0: stunned, yeah. And
1: so I go out to the bar area and I'm sitting out there, and they're the ambulance is coming and the paramedics are coming into the building. and I hear a couple of people go, Well, she's probably gonna be fine, but you have to feel terrible for whoever has to go on and close <laughs> this show. <laughs> and I just yep. raise my ha- hand and I'm like, Uh, that's me, got to be me. <laughs> so they go, but they had to literally part. All of the tables and chairs. To get the put this woman on gurney. a gurney, take her out of the room, and then the MC gets back up and goes, "All right, guys, <laughs> are you ready for your headliner?" And everyone, you could just feel the energy. Like, no, we're kind of not. Uh. And he introduces me, and I just went up there. And was like, "How's everybody doing tonight?" That's not like a you know a rhetorical thing. I mean, physically, health wise, how are yeah, you? Are that's... you okay? Is everyone all right here? Good way Is to every- approach it. Everyone's taking their meds. Nobody's feeling a little anxious or lopsided or maybe dizzy. <laughs> and you know, they they were understanding of the situation, yeah. and it ended up being a a pretty good show. So I'm sure that. Ken Jung is, is enough of a, a pro where he. Bring it back. Yeah. Was an alchemist Crazy. and turned that energy into a great show.
0: Cloudy, there is a chance of rain today. Mid 60s for the high. It's 54 degrees now at DVE.
6: Garum's over to the farboard. Schultz retrieves it. Goes to Crosby. Double team But he does get the puck to Malkin to the right point. Justin Schultz of the fence moves to the center point. Gives it to Kessel, shooting, scoring. Bill Kessel from the left wing circle, and the Penguins have tied this game at two. No oh, call. Arnold slick from Turtle Creek. It's Kessel on the play. Might have been touch. We'll wait and see.
0: Yeah, I think that was a Sidney Crosby. Ended up being a Sidney Crosby goal. Yep. But,
1: whew, nice I don't know
0: how you feeling about the game tonight.
1: I feel good about it tonight. I felt
0: great for most of the game on Saturday. Yeah.
1: I feel like we didn't get outplayed in that game. We just had some lapses that ended up in our net and save for a few moments in the third period and a stupid penalty in the first.
0: Mistakes that can't be made. We were better than them. Not in the playoffs.
1: I think we, I mean, we got to get to Holpey tonight. And Murray has to be better than Holtby, which not, I, he hasn't been.
0: Holtby not getting rattled as he has no. known to in the past, like standing up pretty good.
1: How do you feel about tonight? I feel <sighs> I feel good. I mean, I know it's going to be hard to win two straight, especially to go there for a game seven. But
0: uh, let me put it this way: I'm not planning on watching the next series.
1: <laughs> no? Actually, I probably will because okay. Tampa
0: Bay's in it, and
1: yeah. JT, JT Miller. Miller is
0: yeah so I'll cheer for him but he had
1: a hell of a game yesterday
0: he's doing great in Tampa Bay good scored
1: f- a goal knocked Backus out of the game
0: yeah so happy um, for him yeah me too but we'll find out Uh, Penguins and Capitals at PPG Paints Arena tonight. Mike Persuda has sports at the bottom of the hour. Grant Paulson of 106.7 The Fan in Washington, D.C. joins us at 845. And Kevin Allen from USA Today at 915. It's a DVE morning show. This one
3: meathead at my gym was doing that, and I looked over, and he was chugging water. Grunting
0: while he was chugging water? He was like, got done
2: chugging water. He's
3: like,
1: "Ah."
2: And I'm like, dude. (laughs) Come on. I like the place that has a lunk alarm.
1: That's the best. It's Planet Fitness. Oh. You do that, al- an alarm goes off. I've heard it. I thought it was just like a gimmick. It actually goes off. If I grunt at the gym, I'm hurt badly. Or I had some
2: intestinal distress yeah. and have to leave the gym.
1: Not, not a grunt as much as a yelp. Yeah.
2: It's a, ah! it's a call 911. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's the DVE Morning Show. Will tonight be the final Penguins game of the season? God, I hope not. Not in
1: our house. They got to force a game seven. I just don't want to see it end on our ice.
0: I'm, I'm just a little on edge. I don't have a great feeling. But, you know, I could be wrong. You know how superstitious I get into the playoffs? How? I, well, you know how superstitious I get. Yes. I realized... Like a week and a half ago, I have not worn any penguin clothing on game day. Why? I don't know. I just.
1: What's your problem, I didn't, Val? Do you I, not want a three-peat or what? I didn't
0: plan it that way, but once I realized it, <laughs> like, well, I can't wear many penguins gear on game day now.
1: Well, you got to switch it up. You got to change something. If you haven't been doing something, now's the time to bring out that gem. We need now, the guess. lucky work. scarf or something.
0: I don't have one.
1: Do you have penguin socks?
0: Nope. I don't know what we're gonna lose. The- <laughs> we're gonna lose,
1: and it's your fault. This one's on that you. That
0: is it. It's all over.
1: <laughs> this one's on you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Pens fans. Uh, decent weather if you're going to the big screen tonight. Might be a chance of rain, but uh, it's gonna be. I think it'll. I think it'll hold off. So, uh, let's go, Pens. Mike's got the full sports report coming up next. It's a DVE morning show.
3: DVE Sports.
4: I'm Mike Pursuit for DVE Sports brought to you this hour by Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. The bad news is the Penguins will be facing elimination when the puck drops for Game 6 against the Caps tonight at PPG Paints Arena. The good news is Penguins have this series and their game figured out. Here's goaltender Matt Murray. You know, we know we can score, we just got to defend and then the scoring chances will come
0: we just got to defend
4: we know we can score, we just got to defend and then the scoring chances will come Mike Sullivan has been preaching <laughs> that since he got here Matt Murray seems to have accepted it as the way of the world for the Penguins is anybody else listening or more significantly are they committed to it as much as they need to be committed to it it can't be A sometimes thing. It's got to be an as-long-as-it-takes thing. And uh, for long stretches of Game 5 on Saturday night in D.C., the Penguins were playing the way they need to play. They didn't have a commanding lead, but they had a lead. They were generating chances. The Caps were getting very little. Mike Sullivan said that uh, by the team's count, they gave up one scoring chance in the second period. One. Some of the best hockey I've seen them play. And then all hell broke loose in the third. uh, And Evgeny off goal. Less than a minute in. Thanks yeah, to right out of the gates. Thanks to a catastrophic Chris Letang breakdown. And then the game winner from uh, Jacob Verana at 15-22 of the third. Another breakdown by Letang. And uh, the puck ends up in the Penn's net both times. And uh, here we are, Caps leading the series three games to two. Uh, Sidney Crosby maintained after the game that the Penguins had not lost faith but acknowledged that game five would take a little getting over.
1: It's tough. I mean, we, uh, we did a lot of good things and felt like, uh, you know, we could have won, but that's play playoff hockey. I mean, you see, you know, you see there with uh, the winning goal, I mean, we get a great chance and it goes back the other way. I mean, that's that's how close it is. So, um, yeah, we just got to build off this one, but uh, we did a lot of
4: good things. It did do a lot of good things. I would, I would caution those who are convinced the Pens were the better team in game five. If you have a couple catastrophic breakdowns at the end of a otherwise pretty good effort, and that cost you the game, then you weren't the better team. It's uh, similar to uh, other than the ending. How did you like the play, Mrs. Lincoln? <laughs> <laughs> that that's they, they gave the Capitals two goals in the third period. They, that cannot happen. And I'd argue they gave them two in the first with that Simone penalty. I mean that that was just yeah, a penalty you that, can't take there. That's a good point. That's that stuff can't happen either, and. uh you know, throughout the series the Penguins have had a lot of trouble with odd man rushes, but the the tying goal was a three on four that turned into a breakaway because of Crystal Tang just taking a walk over toward the left boards. And uh the winning goal was a two-on-two two that uh Riley Shane had Alex Alexander Ovechkin defended as well as you could defend on that play. Well, that's that's a bit of an overstatement, but he forced Ovechkin wide and the shot ended up being a backhand. That That's not Ovi's bread and butter. That wasn't going to get him beat. All Crystal Tang had to do in that instance was pick up Mirana and play the man, not the puck, which is a pretty simple way to go about things. But uh, Penn's uh, unable to get it done, and now they have no choice but to get it done. They are facing elimination, but uh, Connor Sherry said the mindset has not changed.
1: It's no different. I mean, I think we've had the mindset, whether we're up in a series or down in a series, we're just going to focus on the next game. Uh, Right now, we just got to worry about winning at home and then uh, hopefully getting back here. So uh, again, we're were happy with our effort tonight. We just had a um,
4: couple of breakdowns that led to their goals. Yeah, that's all. Just a couple of breakdowns.
0: Major breakdowns.
4: (laughs) We stopped the run really well until the fourth quarter when we gave up two two 80-yard touchdown runs. (laughs) It, Other it, than that. It does have some traces of that. Jacksonville really didn't run the ball well. Explain away. It's a 60-minute game, and sometimes it's more than 60 minutes, and they all count. They all factor into the decision. Not that uh, you know the Pens should be in panic mode, but uh, they have been periodically negligent all season, and it's time to clean it up and, and keep it cleaned up.
0: No room for error at this point.
4: Although it's interesting you should say that, Val, because uh, there's an article in the Washington Post today that insists the Caps really don't have any room for error either. Now, I don't mm-hmm. think the players are thinking this way. I don't think the coaching staff is thinking this way. But the Washington Post felt compelled to uh, remind Caps fans that in the Alexander Ovechkin era, oh man, the Caps are 3-7 and seven in Game 7s, including 0-4 in the second round. Uh, the point of this post piece was you better win tonight because does, does anybody from the caps camp really want to see a home game 7 again well that's what i mean all those you have, have not gone well all
1: you have to do is win tonight and all the momentum shifts back to the penguins because of the history of this thing now they're going home yeah their
4: backs are against the wall too and- lock. Here we go again. It should be equal pressure on both sides in a game seven, but the perception would be that there's much more on the Caps. When in fact, it would be an elimination game for both. But hey, that's uh, that's the dynamic associated with it. Uh, one interesting little uh, development in Game Five. It's more than a little development. Uh, Nicholas Backstrom didn't play after the 6:48 uh, mark. His last shift of the third period uh, started at 6:48. You didn't see him. Uh, the second half of the third period. And according to the Washington Post, he didn't take any face-offs after the midpoint of the first period when he blocked a shot with his hand uh, while the Caps Hmm. were killing a penalty. Uh, Barry Trotz, uh, the head coach, said that Backstrom had a maintenance day yesterday. Quote, we'll see where he is tomorrow. But if he is unavailable or at less than 100%, that's a big deal to a Washington team that uh, will also once again be without Andre Burakovsky, and uh, Tom Wilson.
1: Oh, that's huge.
0: Wilson will be back for Game 7 if there is one. He would
4: be back for Game 7 if there is one. But if uh, if Backstrom can't play, they're down three of their top six forwards. And if he does play, but he's ineffective, you know, then he's Phil Kessel, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Oof. Because he can't play because he's hurt, but he's playing anyway. I thought Phil had a little bit more jump in Game 5. You didn't see it that way? Uh, you know, I want to see the puck go in the net. Um. Yeah, some people, they were making that observation on TV. Some people are of that opinion. He's got to score goals at some point. He has zero goals in this series. Well, I mean, he was yeah. instrumental in the Crosby goal, the deflection. Yeah, he got the puck to the net. He did. He's got to put it in himself, too, at some point. You go seven games without Phil Kessel scoring a goal, the way this team is constructed, you're pushing your luck. Well, he's no
1: Alexiak. I mean, you can't expect... Him to fill the net every night.
4: Another development there. Uh, Lexiak got a uh, battlefield promotion. Uh, he was playing with uh, Justin Schultz as game five progressed, not Chad Ruedel, and only Mata was down to the third pair. Hmm. So some. Uh, and the Trotz also made uh, an adjustment that uh, ended up paying dividends. They got, uh, as game five progressed, they got Devontae Smith Pelly off the Ovechkin line and uh, put Verana up there, and Verana ends up getting the game winning goal. So we'll see who adjusts and how tonight. I'm with you guys. I think the Penguins are going to win tonight, but their inconsistencies have me wondering if they can do it two games in a row. History is. I think that's fair. I and mean, they played played really. You know, their backs were to the wall in Game Four, and they came up with a real solid effort, and they were on their details and closed it down in the third period the way you're supposed to. Then they were in the same position. In game five, and they didn't get it done. And they didn't get it done right immediately from the outset of the third <laughs> period. So uh, hold your breath. Game uh, six coming up tonight, seven o'clock on your <sighs> Penns flagship, 105.9 the X. Uh, the, the Lightning have advanced uh, to the Eastern Conference final for the third time in four years. Uh, three to one. Tampa licks Boston. How many uh, <laughs> papers is that headline in today? And uh, Marc Andre Fleury and the Golden Knights eliminate San Jose three to nothing. Vegas is in the final four. How about the flower? Four shutouts in the postseason. Eight and two, 1.53, .951. It's pretty good.
0: I can't decide if I would like or hate Brian uh, Brad Marchand to be a, a Penguin.
4: I've always really appreciated, A, how good he is, and B, what a bleep disturber he is, but this licking is it's juvenile. It's, it's over the line. It's ridiculous.
1: I love how angry everybody in the NHL got about it.
4: I mean, I see him do that, and my first reaction is the guy should take his stick and take his effing head off. Punch me in the face. Don't do that. Right. Yeah. That is, I just don't get it. How do you just let another man lick you from well, I, chin to well, forehead? Well, that's
0: what I wondered, but I'm sure it happens so fast they don't even have time to react, and it happens yeah. so fast they can't issue a penalty.
4: Well, and what he's trying to do is get somebody to slug him and, right. and get them out of the exactly. game. So that's... God, he's insane.
1: Yeah. What is he thinking?
5: Because well, he's been Right
0: doing now that. he's thinking about, what am I going to do for the next three months?
4: Yeah, he's going to be licking people on the golf course. Nine nothing bucks over the Brewers yesterday afternoon in Milwaukee. Pittsburgh improves to nineteen and sixteen. Chad Cole was outstanding, one hit over seven shutout innings, two walks and eight strikeouts. The Bucks got home runs from Adam Frazier, Jordy Mercer, and Josh Bell. They have an off day today, and they are in Chicago to take on the White Sox starting on Tuesday night.
0: Thanks, Mike.
4: The Come coaches on. had to intervene to tell
1: him to stop licking people.
0: The league did (laughs) Uh, Joining us at 8.45 this morning Grant Paulson, nephew of Scott Paulson He's from 106.7 The Fan in Washington, D.C. And Kevin Allen, hockey writer for USA Today Both those guys talking about tonight's Penguins-Capitals game It's a DVE Morning Show It's the DVE Morning Show Val Porter with Bill Crawford Mike Pursuta on sports. Randy off today and tomorrow. He'll be back Wednesday. And uh, hopefully he doesn't miss the end of the Penguins season.
1: Oh, yeah. That's right. Because
0: they could potentially be eliminated tonight. But we're not going to talk about Penguins right now. We're no. talking about the marathon, which you ran the half marathon yesterday, Bill. How you feeling?
1: I'm feeling pretty good. I mean, my my strategy backfired and, and I didn't win the whole thing, which... <laughs> I thought I would let the Kenyans uh, dictate the pace and then let them tire themselves out and then turn the burners on late. Yeah, and that did not work. They ended up beating me by several hours. <laughs> um, they're pretty yeah. fast.
0: It's amazing to watch them run. It's, it's, it's just, incredible. It's so effortless. I, I'm. I don't know how they do it.
1: Neither I, what, do I.
0: Anytime I've run, you know, I feel like I have cement shoes on.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, that's how it feels for me after miles six or seven. Yeah, you just start to feel like your whole body cramps up. Um, I, I was, I started to joke in the beginning of the race, like it was. It's, it's marathon day. Is is such a a fun day downtown? You get, you know, you go into the city, you, you get sort of funneled into these corrals based on what time you think you might run mm-hmm. and and then you know the gun goes off well the gun for the first group group a you know and that all are like the elite runners mm-hmm. that gun goes off and then you don't start the race for like a half hour
0: do the marathon and half marathon start together yes okay
1: yes and And then the relay people are all mixed up in there as well. Mm -hmm. And, you know, those Kenyans, the guy that won the full marathon yesterday, ran an unofficial time of two hours and 13 minutes (laughs) for a full marathon. That is a sub six-minute mile for 26 miles. It's just ridiculous. And... Um, you know, I'm out there running, and I tried to joke like in the first mile, like there was all these people lined up downtown, and I was acting like I, I had cramps. I was like, oh, I'm cramping up, guys. No one laughed, and then I was like, I just bombed so terribly there. I'm not going to say anything to anybody for the rest of the race. And uh, I was running with my buddy, who's a, a full marathon runner. And so he's just naturally faster than me. So I felt like I was chasing him the whole time. <laughs> and it ended up, you know, I, I ran a good pace um, way faster than I would have. But it, it it's a lot challenging. It's a lot. But it's it's fun. I love everybody on the sidelines. All the spectators. Oh, they cheer holding on.
0: Up they have par- porch parties. Really and-
1: funny signs. <laughs> you know, like I trained seven months to hold this sign or just <laughs> there's a lot of people in front of you. I ended up coming in, I think, 3,148th.
0: Not bad, Bill.
1: Yeah. There's some room for improvement. That's sure, right.
0: That's awesome you did it.
1: Probably my favorite part of the run is the West End Village. You go up into the West End Circle, Mm -hmm. and there's a little bit of an incline, and then you come down, I don't know, Alexander Street or something, right Mm -hmm. onto Main Street, and there's just... Like they were bands playing the Rocky theme music and just people going crazy. And you're running down this really steep hill. So you got a ton of speed and it's, it's just a fun day. I mean, I, I remember to put my nipple guards on. Good.
0: I was worried you'd have bleeding nipples. Yeah.
1: No, no, no (laughs) bloody nips for me. Um, I, I put on the glide so I didn't have a lot of chafing.
0: (laughs) That's good practice. A little
1: humid. I mean, it was, everybody was soaked from just sweating.
0: Well, the one, the one guy they interviewed on the news, I think he was a winner of the half. Yeah. He mentioned what you did last week about the hills on the, on the bridges.
1: Oh, my God. We're challenging. You just, you never think about it until you are running on a bridge. It looks like it's the steepest hill ever. Yeah. It's It's crazy. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a super fun day. And, and then you finish and you feel like you've, Accomplished like something. Champ. Yeah, you feel like you're you're in really good shape.
0: Did you eat crazy food the rest of the day? Like yes. I'm done. I'm rewarding myself.
1: Oh yeah. Beers, <laughs> I ordered a full pizza, <laughs> uh half a cheesesteak, I had spaghetti <laughs> and meatballs for dinner, chocolate cake.
0: Nice. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I, I well, played no it. games. You earned it. That's right.
0: Congratulations.
1: Thank you so much. It's, it job. feels weird for to be congratulated
0: that's an accompli- for running f-
1: half of the marathon. That's a
0: physical accomplishment. I could never do it. Yes, you could. I don't think I could.
1: Definitely, you could. No. I met a woman yesterday who said she's from Akron, Ohio, and she said that she ran her first full marathon at the age of 50, and she wasn't a runner before that. Really? She just yeah, she just decided like she had raised her kids, her kids were in high school or college and she was like, "You know what? I'm it's time I do something for me." And she just started getting into it, started training and you would be surprised at how resilient your body is. Yeah. You know, I mean, it just whenever you push it, it you force. You're basically forcing your body to adapt and and grow stronger. That's what you're doing.
0: Well, I'm not an athlete and I'm stupid. So when I was mm-hmm. gonna run the half marathon,
1: yeah. I started
0: training and I got shin splints. And then I thought, well, it's just because I'm out of shape. I need to keep running and it'll get Ooh. better. <laughs> and it just.
1: Yeah, you don't run right. on shin splints. No,
0: because I'm stupid. I'm not an athlete.
1: <laughs> so I think you got to take it a little slower. <laughs> Maybe don't run on on broken legs. <laughs> and you don't necessarily do are you flat-footed or no
0: I don't think so
1: okay because there's my buddy is flat-footed and he says that there's a certain point in the race where he just feels like he's running on bones yeah like there's no skin or pad to his shoe
0: doesn't seem attractive
1: no no. And there's probably people that, that are severely injured because of yesterday, but you just have to be smart about it, train, and make sure you stay hydrated. Like, one of the things that my buddy told me is that every time you see one of those hydration stations, you kind of stop, take a sip of water, like, don't run and, like, spill it all over right, yourself. and then
0: throw the cup.
1: Right, actually sip it and then keep going. Yeah. And uh, And you can get through it. It's... You know, it's, it's cool. But now I feel like I I have way too much leniency with what I eat and what I'm going to do for the rest of the week. Like I'm going to like an a-hole for the the next three days.
0: Have fun. The one thing that I did when I did like, cause I ran a relay leg and Mm -hmm. like I said, I'm not an athlete. The people cheering you on, I was like, Oh my God, they're cheering for me. Yeah. I can't believe it. Oh,
1: it gives you a serious boost. Like, you don't realize how how much that plays into your psyche, but when people are cheering and ringing the cowbells and just blowing the, you know, the vuvuzelas or whatever those (laughs) things are, it it gets you going.
0: Well, good job, Bill, and uh, congratulations to everybody who participated, whether you... Did the half or the relay or the full or you walked it or whatever. That's, that's right. an accomplishment. So good job. Coming up in the news, we're going to hear Gabby Barrett, Munhall native uh, in American Idol. Did a great job again last night. So we'll hear a clip from her. It's a DVE morning show.
3: Center 11.
0: It's 55 degrees at DVE. The news is brought to us by Channel 11 News on Fox 53 weeknights at 10 I'm Val Porter. Senator John McCain has at least one request for his funeral. He doesn't want Donald Trump there. Instead, McCain would like Vice President Mike Pence to represent the White House. According to an article published in the New York Times, uh, those close to McCain have told the White House their current plan is to invite Pence instead because of Trump's rocky relationship with McCain. There were reports over the weekend as well that said McCain is asking former presidents George Bush and Barack Obama to give eulogies at his funeral and that he wishes he had picked Joe Lieberman to be his running mate instead of Sarah Palin. The eighty one year old McCain who announced he's suffering from brain cancer in July of last year is continuing treatment for the disease at home in Arizona. After I heard all these stories come out over the weekend, I thought, mm-hmm. mm, it sounds like he's preparing to
1: scuttle off the earth. Yeah,
0: this is he's preparing for the end.
1: Yeah. That's what it sounds like to yeah. me too.
0: More companies are nixing pre-employment marijuana testing. The tightening U.S. job market and the legalization of marijuana in some states is prompting many companies to relax their drug testing policies. As a result, some companies are dropping weed from pre-screening drug tests for potential employees. For decades, pre-employment drug testing has been a requirement at large American companies, but experts are saying marijuana testing excludes too many potential workers at a time when companies are struggling Mm -hmm. to fill jobs. So smoke away, apparently But you should probably check your pol- the policy Right <laughs> First
1: I think, you, you know, sometimes you just have to loosen the restrictions I mean, do you want Do you want people to work for your company Or don't you?
0: Well, and again, like they said, so many, you know, states increasing That, you know, states are legalizing it recreationally That, you know, what's the big deal If you're legally allowed to do it?
1: As long as they're not smoking on the job <laughs>
0: Right Pop tarts, uh, fans. Speaking ha- of weed, uh, right, have reason to celebrate. Kellogg's is releasing two new toaster pra- pastries with side-by-side flavor combinations. I heard you guys talking last week about the Oreo, the new Oreo flavors. Yeah, I think they've gone over the edge. Just, it's like it's yeah, too they much. jumped the shark. Just rein it in a little. And I saw pina colada Oreos over the oh, weekend. Yuck! Which sounds absolutely awful.
1: They've already figured it out. They, all they have to do is cash checks. Right. It's a staple cookie. They're legends.
0: I will allow the golden Oreos, though.
1: I love the golden Oreos. Me
0: too. Big but fan. Anything else? Although the cinnamon bun ones were pretty good.
1: I don't know. I mean, are you like a repeat purchaser for no, any of those? No. Like Those are all... Anomalies yeah. like you know, oh, it's a wild card, like one time yeah, thing. Check
0: this out. Well, the limited edition Pop Tart splits features two new flavors: frosted strawberry and drizzled cheesecake, and then drizzled sugar cookie and frosted brownie batter. Oh, so sugar overload! It's the first time ever these flavors have joined the Pop Tarts lineup.
1: My friend used to have like my mom would. Like, I don't know, what. like in her head, I guess she thought this was healthy, but she'd be like, <laughs> we're only having the brown sugar, like the brown cinnamon, you know, whatever. Cinnamon that, brown sugar. Yeah. yeah. We're only having those and the strawberry ones. I'm like, why?
0: They're the healthiest. They're the
1: healthiest. <laughs> but my friend always had like the double fudge ones and the s'mores. Oh. God, those are good. Oh my God. I mean, it's a straight up brownie for breakfast.
0: Yeah, just eat a brownie, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Right.
1: Cut out the middleman.
0: Right. Do you consider your childhood home to be your real home, even though you now have a home of your own? Yes. Well, you're not alone, Bill. A new survey found 60% of respondents consider their childhood home their true home. And not surprisingly, the uh, reason is nostalgia. Many of us have quite fond memories of the home we grew up in.
1: My brother lives in the home we grew up in. My brother does too. It's pretty awesome because we can still go over there and and have experiences. And, you know, we hang out over there from time to time. And it just, I mean, his daughter <laughs> is living in our room and his son is living in my sister's room. And it's just, it's, it's weird.
0: Do you see things in the house? You're like, oh, remember when this happened there? Yes. I don't know if it's still there or not, but I I threw a roll of masking tape at my brother once.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I
0: don't know how big it was, but it put a ding in the wall. Yeah. And forever it was just like, oh, that's when I threw that masking tape at Nelson.
1: Oh, yeah. There was there used to be this patched hole right outside of our bedroom because my brother kicked the wall in wearing <laughs> combat boots. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> he was listening
1: to like the Misfits. And- <laughs> He thought he was a punk at that uh, time. That's great. Had straight up combat <laughs> boots and he kicked the wall in. And my sister definitely <laughs> threw a shoe at me and it you know broke our window, obviously. <laughs> that was like more of an immediate repair. But then we had this ugly, this like safari wallpaper with all these different animals on it. And uh-huh. what we called the toy room, even though there was no toys in there. And me and my dad started taking the wallpaper off. And it was just an absolute nightmare. Oh, Most times it is job. like there's no one's ever like, hey, you know what's really fun? Taking off the wallpaper because <laughs> it all comes off in these big sheets and so easy, and it doesn't uh, make you bleed and and sticky and pr- take <laughs> off the back of your drywall and, <laughs> and need to be conditioned and then uh, it's Steamed. just it's it's the worst. And we started taking it off, and it defeated us to the point where we quit, and then it was just half taken off <laughs> for a decade plus. <laughs> and it didn't happen until, like, I was living in the house whenever we had just had Kennedy, and I was like, I got to do something here. And I, I like, skim-coated the whole wall oh, okay. and just painted over it. Yeah. it. It never actually fully came off. <laughs> But yeah, all that kind of stuff with the childhood home is yeah. just, we had this like velvet purple couch <laughs> <laughs> that I just remember had, I mean, we just stained that thing to no end. <laughs> and my mom would just chase us with any cooking utensil she had in her hand at the time. But yeah.
0: My one, like Maya said, my one brother lives in the house I grew up in and he grew up in. And then my other brother lives in my grandparents' house, which is right around the corner. Oh, wow. And I in their house, I remember they had a cubby hole. You know what a cubby hole is? Oh, of course. On the landing going up yeah. to the second floor. And it was big enough like you could go, you could probably you could fit several in people in there. I just remember going in there and hiding all the time. Oh, really? Yeah. And
1: would your brothers lock you in there at all or No,
0: not? you couldn't lock it, fortunately, oh, okay. but... Over half of Americans snooze on the job. Nearly 52% of those uh, in a new recent mattress company poll admitted to dozing off during business hours. Amerisleep found tech workers the most likely to admit to sleeping on the clock. Survey also revealed people in the medical or healthcare care fields took the longest naps at work, which, you know, on all of those medical shows you see the doctor's, stealing a, a few winks the most popular spots for office naps include desks cubicles and meeting rooms some nappers even say they sleep in their vehicles at work
1: whenever i used to paint houses i used to steal naps constantly like especially in the summer <laughs> In the bed of the house no in the bathroom oh, okay. I'd in the bathroom and just lay down and on the floor nice cool floor yeah because it, we'd be painting outside, it'd be crazy hot. Oh, There'd yeah. be bees all over, you know, <laughs> all over the place. You'd be just sticky and covered in paint, and I'd just be like, "Oh, I gotta go to the bathroom like three times a day," <laughs> to the point where the boss is like, "Dude, are you are you having a problem?" I'm like, yeah, I have IBS. I don't want to <laughs> talk about it. I'm working it out.
0: It's embarrassing.
1: Uh, just taking, just <laughs> laying there, not even sleeping. Just, just laying taking there. a rest. You're like, man, I gotta figure something out. <laughs> i got to do something else.
0: Not loving this. This is tough. Have you ever regretted something you posted to social media?
1: Of course.
0: You're not alone. A new survey found 60% of us have posted something we regretted later. 47% 47% said they wish they could completely and permanently delete parts of their social media past. Over 25% cited their teen years as the part of their lives they'd most like to remove from their online history. 17% said they wish they could delete posts from college.
1: I don't know how these guys, like the, especially the football players and athletes that are getting drafted in the first round, how they don't just pay somebody to go and scrub mm-hmm. their social media. Right. Or
0: manage their accounts completely. To begin with. Right.
1: Yeah, because there's constantly people going back. All you have to do is go back just a little bit, Mm -hmm. just dig a little bit, and it's like they've said horribly racist or sexist things.
0: I've never posted anything I regret, but I've posted things and thought, eh, I don't want to post that. Yeah. And deleted it immediately. But nothing that could get me in trouble.
1: Well, there's been a lot of comics that have gotten in some hot water recently with things that they post and they're, you know, they're arguing, Hey, look, it's a joke. And, and I just feel like that the dynamic needs to be shifted with how people think about social media, because I always say like, okay, say you have a really dark joke or one that really kind of toes the line of being racially insensitive or sex, you know, sexuality insensitive or whatever. Mm-hmm. Would you go up to a stranger in a, in a, a market square type area and tell somebody that, that you off. didn't know? Because that's what Twitter is. Yeah. People you might know are on there with you as well, but then there's all these other people that don't know you, don't have the context of your sense of humor or your sarcasm or your angle on things, and that are just going to be pissed off. Mm-hmm. All you have to do is not Tweet that stuff.
0: Yeah. Well, some people like
1: controversy. But then they lose their job, and it's like... Well, if you're... It's just a dumb hill to die on, in my personal opinion.
0: In music news, Sir Paul McCartney is celebrating being made a Companion of Honor in the UK for his contribution to music. The former Beatle received his medal from Buckingham Palace over the weekend and is only one of a handful of musicians to receive that honor. McCartney earned the honor 21 years after he was knighted by Queen Elizabeth. A new Robin Williams biography says he was struggling with dementia before his death. In the book titled Robin, author Dave Itzkos reveals the brain disease is partially to blame for the comedian's passing because it was brought on by... Uh, It brought on some of the symptoms that led him to committing suicide. He was initially diagnosed with Parkinson's disease until a neurologist discovered it was actually dementia. Robin Williams hung himself in August of 2014. He was 63. And finally, Munhall's Gabby Barrett moving into the top five of American Idol. Yeah, Gabby! Holy smokes, she got praise again from all three judges during Sunday's episode. She performed two songs last night. One of them was Prince's. How come you don't call me anymore?
1: Because I don't have the minutes, Gabby. And, you know, your singing really eats up a lot of the time.
0: Wow. Here's uh, Katy Perry's critique of her performance.
3: I think you're the most ready to go on tour. Thank you. If you need an opener, let me know. Well, <laughs> sounds like you're going this summer. So, you know, if I'm still touring, which typically I am, yes, I'll call you. Yeah. Um, you know what? You are the most comfortable and you just use the stage and it is, it's, it's yours for the taking. Yes. So, And whoever, whoever gave you some, uh, some advice about your voice, I don't know who did that or when you found it, but you found something totally different I've never heard in your voice and it's amazing.
0: She also sang I Hope You Dance by Leanne Womack. When you come close to seven- top five finalists including gabby barrett of munhall heading to nashville next week to work with carrie underwood who gabby says is her idol
1: how cool is that so yeah she wants to be a country star right
0: uh i'm not sure yeah it's her voice has that sound Mm -hmm. so man she is incredible
1: yeah she's got the pipes for it no question
0: (laughs) absolutely good for her uh, Penguins and Capitals tonight.
2: Uh... And the
6: Penguins Crosby goes to Malkin. Crosby, right wing boards, moves to the right wing dot. Passes to Schultz, left side to Kessel. Surveys the scene. In front, top of body, and Hopi stopped it. Did it go in or not? The Penguins take it's in. Yes, it is. <laughs> it is in the net. Patrick Hornquist may have moved the puck right behind. Hopi and the Penguins have taken a 3-2 lead. You can tell your ma and tell your pa, we're going to send you back to Arkansas. The Penguins have the lead, 3-2.
0: Yeah, we need more of those for us, less of those for the other guys.
1: Yes. <laughs> it's about time we get to Holtby, don't you think? We haven't yeah. we haven't seen him rattled this series. No. He's Which been is, really solid.
0: Yeah, he's been very good for them. So, um, Penguins and Capitals tonight at PPG Paints Arena, and I'm just whew, not sure how to feel tonight.
1: I feel good about tonight. All right, I'm I don't know you. why. I mean, look, it, we you know, we, we got our backs against the wall. We're we're in our house. Elimination. Come on,
0: Mike Pursuit has got sports. He's coming up next. We'll have Grant Paulson at eight forty-five this morning. Grant Paulson, nephew of Scott. I wonder if he uses that <laughs> as this.
1: <laughs> Tagline. Yeah, moniker.
0: <laughs> yeah. uh, he's from 106.7 The Fan in Washington, D.C. He'll uh, give us his perspective on tonight's game as a Caps fan and Caps broadcaster. Kevin Allen, a USA Today. He'll talk Penn's Caps uh, today at 9.15. It's a DVE morning show. Difference.
1: DVE
4: Sports. I'm Mike of for DVE Sports, brought to you this hour by Sports Clips. It's Game 6 tonight, the Pens and the Caps, 7 o'clock at the PPG Paints Arena. And on your Pens flagship, 105.9, the X. Uh, The Pens coming off a 6-3 loss on Saturday night in D.C. That established a 3-2 series lead for the Capitals. There's little to no secret about what the Pens need to do tonight, about how they have to play tonight to force a Game 7 on Wednesday night in Washington. Here's Matt Murray. Now we know we can score. We just got to defend. And then the scoring chances will come. Pretty simple. We know we can score. We just have to defend. And then the scoring chances will come. The odd part about that 6-3 come from a head loss on Saturday night was uh, the Penguins weren't bitten by uh, allowing all sorts of odd-man rushes as they had done periodically In this series, Uh, yeah, the defense broke down, specifically Crystal Tang, but the Caps uh, scored the tying goal on what basically was a three-on-four that turned into a breakaway, and then on a two-on-two for the game winner that was just played poorly. Uh, Mike Sullivan knows what's got to get cleaned up tonight.
5: We certainly have to pay attention to our play away from the puck, and I think for the most of that game, we did. You know, you look at the second period, for example. I think we gave up one scoring chance, so it's not like there, there were there were um, momentum swings in the game uh, where Washington got a handful of scoring chances, but you have to give them credit. They're a good team and they have good players and they have difference makers on their team as well. So, you know, you're looking at two really good hockey teams that are playing against one another. Um, I think both teams are trying to pay attention to the details as far as playing away from the puck and trying to be solid defensively. Uh, but both, as I said, both sides have... Uh, have some offensive firepower. And, uh, and and certainly we know that the, the commitment that's necessary to play away from the puck and, and play good, solid team defense, and, and we're certainly going to be focused on that moving forward.
4: It's comforting that he got a moving forward in there <laughs> on the uh, conference call yesterday. That game-tying goal 52 seconds into the third period uh, A three-on-four that became a breakaway when Chris Letang, for some reason, vacated his spot on right D and went over to cover Alex Ovechkin along the left wall at the blue line, which Brian Dumoulin already had covered. Here's Letang's explanation. I thought um,
3: Dumoulin was gapping up, and I thought uh, Ovi was stretching behind, and
2: uh, I kept him to make sure he didn't get the puck, open up the middle.
4: Now, two things about that. Dumoulin wasn't going to be gapping up there, but in the event that he was, which is highly unlikely, but let's just say that's what was happening, or let's what Lettng thought was going to happen. You still have to stay in the middle of the ice. you can't go all the way over to the left side and leave the middle open. You just can't do that, and he knows that he knows better uh that's a play you can't make, and it ended up in the net now, uh all criticism to Latang deserving Matt Murray can still make a save there. that's not against the rules either. And I don't think Murray's played poorly in this series, but he has not been brilliant. And, uh, Bill, as you pointed out, hope he's been the better goalie. So yeah. Matt Murray's got to raise his level, too. That timely save sometimes mm-hmm. is, is a difference maker as well. On uh, what became the game winner uh, at fifteen twenty two, that was a 2 on 2 Brian Dumoulin had uh, taken a shot at driving the net and maybe seeing if he could do something about breaking the tie. That uh, was a good gamble, a good risk. It resulted in a good opportunity. Riley Shane had it covered on the back end. It was a two-on-two. Shane had Ovechkin, but Latang wasn't certain that Ovechkin was had in that instance. I think we had a great chance at the night with Dumo. Uh, comes the other way. Um, goes wide, and I'm, uh, I'm
3: trying to protect uh, the middle so he doesn't cut. Makes the pass a bubble, um, and the guy cuts behind. a goal.
4: Yeah, Just got to read that better, be more aware, understand that uh, Shane's got Ovechkin and... Trust your teammates. Yeah, Chris Letang never looked to see if anybody else was there. If, if he had done that, he'd have seen uh, Jakob Vorana coming in and he would have picked him up and played the man, not the puck. And that would have been one of those plays where Ovechkin got off a relatively weak shot and the crowd goes oh, that was almost something. Right. And instead it ends up a guy whacking it into an empty net and it was Too easy. Too easy. Making this stuff too easy on the Capitals. Make them work harder for their goals. Uh, Defend like it matters. Defend first and foremost, and then the offensive chances will come. Let them break down. Let them force the issue, and then move on to Game 7 and do it again. It's not uh, impossible. It's not unimaginable. We Uh, said this earlier. We win tonight
1: All the momentum shifts back to the Penguins. All that pressure and anxiety
4: and, oh, no, here we go again, creeps in for the Caps. They might have some anxiety heading into Game 6, depending on the availability and status of Nicholas Backstrom. Yeah, that'll be huge. Uh, He apparently suffered an injury in Game 5 or aggravated one. He didn't play for the last two-thirds of the third period of Game 5. He didn't take any face-offs, according to the Washington Post after the midpoint of the first period. And if he's not at his best or if he's unavailable, that's uh, not good for Washington, which will continue to play tonight without Andre Burakovsky and Tom Wilson. Wilson's suspension is up after tonight, so he would be available for a game seven. That'll be a boost for them. Yes, it will. Maybe that'll help them with their game seven anxiety after the Penguins win tonight. Maybe. Maybe. Lightning three, Bruins one in game five yesterday. Tampa advances. Boston is done. And uh, San Jose exits the postseason as well. The Golden Knights shut out the Sharks three to nothing. Tampa Bay in the Eastern Conference final for the third time in the last four years. Uh, That hasn't happened much since 1998. The Lightning are the eighth team to pull that off. Since 98, uh, joining the Blackhawks, Rangers, Kings, Red Wings, Devils, Avalanche, and Dallas Stars. Uh, pulling off that three out of four in a conference final. As for uh, Vegas, it's uh, the Marc-Andre Fleury show, particularly <laughs> in clinchers so far this postseason. Fleury's 8-2 and two in the 2018 playoffs with a 1.53 goals against, a .951 save percentage, and four shutouts. It's the uh, third straight series-clinching shutout for Flurry, dating back to Game 7 against the Capitals last year. He also shut out the Kings in the first round to finish that series off for Vegas. Uh, His four career series-clinching shutouts trail only Chris Osgood's five for the most by a goalie in NHL history. The flower has been brilliant. No denying it. And how about they dress Reeves
1: for the first time in the
4: playoffs? Yeah, I saw that. I think they had an injury. Um, I watched the first two periods. I thought Florida was really good in the first period. And in the second period, San Jose was having a hard time getting anything established offensively. And I had a bad feeling about the game, so I didn't watch the rest of it. <laughs> yeah, you didn't want to see that? You didn't want to see the flowers standing on his head? I didn't want to see Vegas win. Uh, that game also. <laughs> that game also featured – the buzzer going off in the middle of play in the second period. There was a, a shot taken that everybody thought hit the crossbar. And uh, it turns out it hit the goal post and the camera in the net mm. and came out. So the play had continued. They shut it down. Toronto called in. And they it's blew they blew the horn like at the end of the period horn mm-hmm. just in the middle of play. It wasn't a referee's whistle. Everybody stopped and looked around. They said, hey, take another look. They did. And they said, goal. So that's how things are going for Vegas right now. I don't know. I mean, I to me the the teams that
1: were playing in that series look like they were just battling it out to see who's going to get beat by
4: Winnipeg.
0: How many te- How many years has Winnipeg been back in 3?
4: Back in Winnipeg? Yeah. I don't know. No, it's, it's right. longer than that. I think it's 4. I think it's longer than that. 4 or 5. I'm not sure. But they're really good. I you think it's looking like Tampa Winnipeg uh for the whole thing right now? I don't
1: know. I was uh I was watching that game yesterday and it looked like Tampa is the team to beat in the East. I, I did not Good. see them knocking out Boston the way they did.
0: Glad they did, though.
4: So <laughs> glad they did. Pirates beat the Brewers nine nothing. They're 19 and 16. They're off today, and they got the White Sox in Chicago tomorrow night.
0: Thanks, Mike. When we come back, we'll be joined by Grant Paulson, nephew of Scott Paulson. Uh, he's uh, on 106.7 The Fan in Washington, D.C. We'll talk Penn's Caps next on DVE. It's a DVE morning show. I'm Val Porter with Mike Brasuda and Bill Crawford. Randy off for a couple of days. Penguins and Capitals game six tonight at PPG Paints Arena. Joining us now, Grant Paulson, nephew of Scott Paulson. Is it okay if I say that?
6: (laughs) Of course it is. How are you guys doing? Good
0: morning. Good morning, because that's how we've known you for so long.
7: That's right. Yeah, absolutely. I was just texting with him this weekend. Generally, very friendly and amicable between uh, me and my uncle, but weeks like this change that just a little bit.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, we've known you as uh, Scott's nephew, Grant, but you're uh, you're a big shot down there in Washington, D.C. I don't know
7: about that. I'm I'm enjoying myself. I'm staying busy. A lot of Caps coverage this time of year and doing a midday radio show here on 106.7 The Fan in D.C., so Yeah, trying to follow uh, in Scott Paulson's footsteps.
0: You are everywhere. Well, thanks for joining us this morning to talk uh, Pens and Caps. Elimination game for the uh, Penguins and the Capitals tonight at PBG Paints Arena. Uh, Mike Sullivan said yesterday that one of the things the Penguins have is uh, character in the room. The people they have in the locker room. Who do the Capitals have? Uh, who are the characters in their locker room that will win this game tonight? Because they're going to—they're missing one guy and poten- two guys, potentially more.
7: Yeah. Well, I'm not sure that they have those guys just yet. And if they do, we're not sure because they've never won this game. This eighth playoff win for them has been so elusive over the years. They've been on the precipice of an Eastern Conference final. A handful of times during this Alex Ovechkin era, whether it's against Pittsburgh in Game 7s or uh, against the New York Rangers, who they led three games to one and collapsed and lost in a Game 7. They've never broken through. So Ovechkin's been around, and Nicholas Backstrom, their assistant captain who's been playing for over a decade, has been around. I would say that among their, their foremost leaders this time of year that kind of run the dressing room, former Penguin Brooks Orpik is very much involved in any of the conversations that are going on at this point. He's one of the few guys on the team with hardware. a matter of fact, another former Penguin on the back end, Matt Niskanen is a vocal guy, particularly with the defensemen, who I think is important to that dressing room as well. But I think they're going to have to tap into and rely upon their stars like Ovechkin playing well and a couple of their kids who've got some fresh legs, like Jacob Verano, who had an assist and a goal in the third period in Game 5 and a big come-from-behind win at home that haven't been in the playoffs before because They haven't been around enough to know that this is about when things get tight and worse around here, and they don't really know the difference of a game six, a game seven, or a game one, which is the games that have haunted this team over the years.
1: Grant, do you know Backstrom's status for tonight? Because to me, I mean, he's been brilliant in this series, and he's such a big part of what they do and going to be a big part of that eighth win. Do you know if he's a go for tonight?
7: He's going to play. I don't think he's going to be particularly effective. And obviously in Washington, D.C., the hope is that that's wrong. But uh, he took a puck off the hand and, and took three draws all game long and wasn't even really able to, to anchor and, and do his job. And the faceoff got after that. Uh, clearly his hand was bothering him immensely. He didn't play in the final 11 minutes of a tied game, which tells you, I think, everything you need to know. It's going to take a lot for him not to play and to be off the ice. And head coach Barry Trotz said he will play. But there's a difference between just skating around, being out there, mm-hmm. and being – an instrumental and integral part of the puzzle. Uh, he's their best two-way player. I mean, he's a 200-foot player who's great defensively, really good offensively. And if he's not able to be himself, it's a massive break for Pittsburgh because the Caps don't really have a quality scoring line, first or second line, that can play defense. You know, that Ovechkin top line with Evgeny Kuznetsov at times could be a little bit of a liability. It's why they can never beat Pittsburgh because the Crosby and the Malkin lines are so good There's really no good matchup on the road for that Ovechkin line, and generally they put Backstrom against 87's line. But if if he's out there just kind of skating around as something of a decoy, it's a big problem.
4: Grant, you you referenced the Caps history. Everybody outside of Verona, I guess, knows the Caps history on both sides. This year, the way the postseason opened, losing two at home in overtime – it seemed like they were just cutting to the chase this time. Why? Yes it why has this been different? How were they able to absorb a couple of real shots to the groin area <laughs> and and just rise above it?
7: I think the first thing has been that Braden he has been phenomenal. Their goaltender. They have had him play well in a series here or there. Most specifically in a couple of first round series. He's never shined in the second round for whatever reason. I think largely based on matchups. Frankly because they play better teams like Pittsburgh or Hot Rangers Club there. They've played some eventual Stanley Cup champions a few times. He's been better in this second round in the Eastern Conference semis than he's been at any point. I think that's been a key. Uh, he was outrageously good after the two losses. He was not in net for. They started Philip Brubauer to begin the playoffs because he took over their starter at the end of the year. And so since he took back over, they're 7-2 now of this postseason. I think that's the number one item on the on the hit list here. The other thing though is they're not as talented as they've been in the past. And it sounds a little bit cliche, but this is a little bit more of a will over skill outfit. And over the last few years, there's been more goal scoring for this team. There's been a little bit more uh, sexy and creativity offense. Uh, they got rid of Marcus Johansson, who was a speed guy. And a couple of players they brought in like Justin Williams, who was a goal scorer, and they lost some key pieces. They went and traded for Kevin Shattenkirk last year on the defensive blue line and Carl Alter as a mainstay. And a lot of those guys left, and their personnel got worse to the point where entering the year, i got to be honest, guys, none of us thought they'd win the Metro. We hoped they could get out of the first round, but I don't think anybody had delusions of grandeur that if they matched up with Pittsburgh, this would be the year they'd break through. And frankly, I'm not sure how many people right now are confident, Hmm. even at 3-2, that that's going to happen. But the point is, I just think that this is a better team and that this team is a little bit more complete defensively responsible and sound. You see less rushes for Pittsburgh than in years past. I think those are all important variables for them as they try to do something they haven't been able to do in 20 years now.
4: Getting back to Holtby, the way it worked out, it's almost like, okay, take out the starter for the first two games, lose, take the pressure off him, and then throw him back in. He can come Mm -hmm, mm riding in on the white horse and lead the charge. I don't think that was their plan, but – he spoke with Pierre Maguire after uh, one of the games last round uh, about he used that time when he wasn't playing to kind of get back to working hard in practice, which he hadn't been able to do, and clean up his technique and and really refine his game. Have you noticed a major difference in how he's playing since he came back? Oh,
7: well, unequivocally. He is so much better than he was at the middle point of this season. He became a mess. He lost all of his confidence. I know all goalies are kind of, head cases in some ways, but he is the most mentally charged goaltender, cerebral when it's going well, I guess, positively, and and then just kind of in his own head when it's going poorly that I've ever seen, and and he got really down on himself. But what I think has happened, number one, is he was able to practice. I hadn't heard that quote, but that makes a lot of sense because uh, he has completely refined uh, technically everything that was eluding him. Five-hole felt like it was the size of the ocean. He wasn't doing anything on the glove side. All those things that right now he's been very sound in the postseason with. He's moving lateral in and beating skaters to spots of the net, and it seems like he's always in the right spot. That wasn't the case when he was struggling. But I think the bigger deal, honestly, than just playing well, is the last few years in the playoffs, I really believe he's worn down. If you look at game logs and how often he was in net, how many wins he's had, as an example, for the Capitals, I'm not sure that there's a goalie in hockey. I actually, I think statistically... I believe he's the number one games played goalie coming into this season over the last couple of years. And what I think that does is eventually you just get spent and exhausted. This year, he's fresh. I mean, Brewer played more than he did in the last five weeks of the season. It really looks like he's just kind of hitting his stride now in the middle portion of the playoffs, whereas in the past, he was on his last leg and looked like a horse running out of gas in the final furlong this weekend. Grant
0: Paulson from 106.7, the fan in Washington, D.C., and does uh, Capitals pre- and post-game on NBC Sports in Washington, D.C., and nephew of Scott Paulson. Thanks for joining us this morning, Grant.
7: My pleasure, guys. Take care. Thank you.
0: Appreciate your time. Joining us at 9.15, Kevin Allen from USA Today. We'll talk more pens and caps. It's a DVE morning show.
7: eleven. It's
0: 55 degrees at DVE. I'm Val Porter. Lava continues to flow on Hawaii's Big Island today in a dramatic show of nature's force. The eruption of Kilauea has been shooting lava and ash as high as 200 feet into the air. On the ground, the slow-moving but unstoppable wave has destroyed 26 homes and eaten up nearby land. More than 17 1,500 local residents have evacuated, while others say they're waiting for that last minute to head out. The U.S. Geological Survey says it measured nearly 500 earthquakes on the Big Island, which were triggered by hot magma boiling through Kilauea. Experts have no idea how long this eruption will continue. Have
1: you seen the videos that people are posting online?
0: Yeah, crazy.
1: It looks so crazy. But the one thing that I don't understand is everyone's like, we never thought this would happen. You live on a volcano. Yeah, really? I mean, you had to at least know it's on the table.
0: Well, they had the volcano, the earthquakes, and they said that now they're worried about the gases from the volcano, so.
1: Dear Lord, there was a video of just hot lava bubbling up like a geyser. Yeah. And some idiot running towards it. (laughs) Like, what kind of jag Uh. would run towards hot lava? Well, the
0: news just keeps getting worse for Charlie Rose. Soon after a bombshell report, he'd behaved inappropriately with at least 27 women. Three CBS staffers filed sexual harassment suits. One of the women was Rose's executive assistant, Sydney McNeil. Among the allegations, Rose told McNeil and broadcast associate, Katherine Brooks Harris, he hired them because he likes tall women. He encouraged those two to women to become lovers. He would caress and touch them and pull them close to kiss them on the cheek. He referred to news associate Chelsea Way as his are we as his china doll. But when he wasn't being overly affectionate, apparently he would show his dark side Harris as he once told her, I didn't know I hired a an effing kindergartner which I guess he said she was being childish or not going along with what he wanted. But Yikes. Two years ago, Lauren Godier rescued a hound dog named Victoria from an animal shelter. Little did she know that Victoria would end up saving her life one day. After a few months in her new home, Victoria started sniffing Lauren's face when they were cuddling. More specifically, Victoria was sniffing an exact spot on Lauren's face. Lauren thought, "Ah, that's just a pimple, but when it went away, the dog wouldn't stop focusing on that spot. So Lauren went to the doctor to see what might be up. Turned out it was skin cancer. Lauren caught the cancer early and had it treated before it could spread. Uh, She's on the road to recovery, uh, but will continue to have checks on a regular basis. And Victoria will continue to be rewarded with extra treats and hugs and... (laughs) So yeah, they've. Oh, uh, yeah. I've heard stories before about dogs sniffing out cancer, yeah. and other diseases in people. So pretty amazing. That
1: is amazing. That dog, yeah. To your point, give that dog lots of treats. The best treatment. Get it a new. You got to get a new Sleep bed. Sleep
0: in the bed whenever oh you want. Oh my god, yeah. Another reason to hate the man bun. If you're a guy and you still cling to the man bun look, your preferred hairstyle could cause you to go prematurely bald. Doctors have seen an uptick in a condition in uh, men called traction alopecia. It's basically uh, hair loss caused by continuously pulling your hair into a tight bun on your head. (laughs) It was originally or has traditionally been seen only in women because women frequently pull their hair really tight. Uh, But acute baldness, baldness of the front hairline and temples is increasing in young men because of the popular look, which... Anytime I see a man bun, it's not pulled tight. It's kind of loose. It's
1: loose. And you know what? There is not a group of people out there that deserve male pattern baldness more than those people that are ju- they're just showing off. What are they doing? They're just, hey, look at all this extra hair. I'm just going to pile it up on top of my head <laughs> my loosely. My
0: luxurious locks. I don't know, but every time I see a, man- a guy with a man bun, I say, man bun.
1: Man bun. In
0: my head. <laughs> do you guys um? Do you guys do chores?
4: Of course, some.
0: What ch- what chore do you hate the most?
4: All of them. <laughs> the dishes, for sure. Okay, number well, one. That's a good choice. You just have a nice meal. You're full. You're lazy. You just want to sit in the chair and watch TV. That's right. And you got to do the you got to clean
0: so. a dish. Uh, cleaning the toilet, the most hated chore in America. Uh, cleaning the oven, also a dreaded task, removing hair from the drain or unclogging the sink, rather unpopular as well. Nine percent don't want to empty the dishwasher, so that's kind of in oh, line with your. That
1: plan. is the worst. There's all these little sippy cups and lids and things that I got measuring I don't, spoons. I, yeah, I got a. Pl- I got I I don't even know where all that stuff goes.
0: How is that possible? I don't you know. You live there.
1: I do live there. Yes. <laughs> Hate- but she has a specific spot for all of it.
0: Right. Just like you have a specific spot for your underwear.
1: That's right. And I wash my own underwear. Do you? Yes. because do you do that's your
0: not, own laundry? That's
4: not fair to her.
1: Yeah. Wow. I don't yeah, want to have to put her through laundry.
0: that. You do your own and yeah. she does her own. Wow.
4: Then we just yell at each other for leaving crap in the dryer. <laughs> <laughs> <All right. laughs>
0: I hate dusting. Oh, I hate that more than anything.
4: That's, that's high on my Cause list. Because if
1: you don't have a good duster, you're what are you doing? Ugh. You're just moving the dust right. from one place to another.
0: And can you guess which room is the cleanest room in the house?
4: It's not my den. <laughs> <laughs> Let's eliminate that one and move on Mike's to den. every other room. Cross the off bedroom?
1: Those.
0: No, the kitchen. It gets cleaned on average eight times a month. The bathroom, the second cleanest.
1: Hmm. I'll tell you one thing I also hate is unclogging, like unclogging the drain in the bathroom. I just, I had no idea how much women shed it is.
0: Yeah, that's gross.
1: It's appalling.
0: Hair in the drain is disgusting.
1: Hair that's been in the drain for how long?
0: And it's half rotted and Ugh. slimy.
1: Right. Pulling that out of there. You're anyway.
0: like, <laughs> oh! Alice Cooper is going to put off retirement until his fans stop buying tickets to his concerts. In a recent interview, the 70-year-old said if he does a tour and nobody shows up, then he's retired. Uh, He went on to say the fact uh, he is right now, he's doing better business than he's ever done before, and he's never felt better physically, so he doesn't see any reason to retire. Uh, He's going to play the DVE Halloween party at Stage AE on October 26th. Tickets are on sale now.
1: You got to wonder, like, these guys, like, uh, everybody always wonders out loud, why don't these guys just retire? The amount of people around them, first of all, that they're employing directly, but just people that are kind of depending on them, their entourages, the people that they have around them are always saying there's so much money out there you're going to leave this on the table if people are still coming to see you like arenas and stadiums
0: why not
1: why not cash in
0: right and if you can still bring it bring it
4: be staying home doing the damn dishes (laughs)
0: that's right unclogging the drain and finally john lithgow has joined the cast of the pet cemetery remake why is there a remake for this movie already does nobody have a new idea nobody He'll play Judd Crandall, the kindly older neighbor who was played by Fred Gwynn, also known as Herman Munster in the original back in 1989.
1: God, that movie terrified me though.
0: Oh, it was great! Oof. Such a good movie.
4: I missed that one. What was the? Plot? Oh my
0: God, you didn't? Did you really not see Pet Cemetery? Yeah, I'm
4: not a big horror. Undead movie guy. animals, Mike. They would rise up Undead out of the grave. Pets and pee on the rug. That-
1: not just that, but yes, that.
0: It's good. You should see the original. That might not hold Take a up, Take dump though, where they sure.
1: weren't yeah. supposed to, and then you had to clean it up. You can't rub a ghost's nose in it. <laughs> <laughs> it's really tough.
0: Uh, cloudy chance of rain, mid-60s for the high today. We have Kevin Allen on the line. We're getting him on the line. Uh, Kevin Allen, hockey writer with USA Today, Penguins and Capitals, game six tonight at PPG Paints Arena, an elimination game. Good morning, Kevin. How are you this morning?
8: Good morning. Doing great, thanks.
0: Good. Glad to have you with us this morning. So, Penguins and Capitals have been here before. Uh, what is different about the Capitals? What's different about the Penguins that might make the outcome of this series different?
8: Well, I think this is a far more confident uh, Capitals team. And I think it sort of results from the fact that, you know, they were forced into making a lot of changes in the uh, offseason because of salary Cap considerations, and you know, really, I think it's helped them. So, because it's sort of given them a new feeling, that's kind of a renewal, and they still have the premium players that they've had in the past. So, when you combine, you know, kind of the the fresh approach with, you know, all the key players they've had in the past, you probably have a far more dangerous Washington team than you've had in the past.
4: And conversely, uh, Kevin, the Penguins—they uh, made some changes as well, but they had their championship core together but they seem less committed to the details and the little things. Do you do you see them cleaning up this sloppiness, or is that going to be their fatal flaw?
8: Well, I think they're going to clean it up. I mean, I still feel this is going to go Game 7, and then we all know kind of like Game 7 could going to be a flip of the coin. But, you know, the core players are still, you know, there. As long as you've got Crosby uh, and Malkin and uh, Kessel and Hornquist and, you know, Gunsell, you've got a group of players that knows a lot about you know, scaling the summit they've been before been before they know the path, they know what it takes. Um, you know, the difference and I think you hit the nail on the head is, is that, you know, we've had an erosion of the penguins depth, um, because it's hard to keep championship teams together. So, you know, you lose the Benino, and you lose other players off the roster slowly, sooner or later, um, you know, you've got a different feel, just like the capitals have for good reasons, uh, uh, they're a different team. I think uh, it's been a negative on the Penguins that they've lost uh, so many, you know, sort of role players who were important to the uh, to the objective.
1: Kevin, I know this series caps pens is always billed as Ovechkin versus Sid, but I think they've both been great. They they've kind of canceled each other out in a way. To me, the difference in this series has really been Murray versus Holtby. I, I think that Holtby's been the better goalie.
8: I, I couldn't agree more. And, you know, at the start of this series, I think people thought that uh, Trotz made a mistake by not playing Holby right from the beginning, but maybe he was shrewd because, you know, I, I see a far more motivated Holby. Uh, the fact that he was set out when the playoffs began, he had lost his job to Grubauer. Uh, and then when he came back in, boy, was he ready to play. And, you know, this is a very experienced goalie. And uh, by contrast, you know, uh, uh, Matt Murray has not been the same goalie we've seen in the past in the postseason. Just, uh, just a little bit more inconsistent. But in the playoffs, a little bit, um can go a long way to, you know, undermine the, the, uh, progress of a team. And I, I think, uh, you know, he just doesn't have the same, um, flair, uh, for making the big save and giving up, uh, some goals I think he'd, he'd like to have back. And we haven't seen that in the past. Now, we also remember, too, that he has the ability to bounce back. And play very very well. We've seen that in the past as well. So who knows? We we still may be, you know, looking at a game seven.
4: Getting back to holpie for a second, Kev, is that the biggest difference uh, just this spring alone? Washington losing the first two in OT at home to Columbus that seemed like a very Capitals like thing to do. Rallying to win the next four did not seem like a very Capitals like thing to do. Uh, him coming in when he did changed everything, I guess.
8: Well, for sure. And, um, you know, I mean, I think, uh, we probably should give a little bit of credit to the leadership of Ovechkin. You know, in the past, it's, it, it's, it's so interesting because in hockey, we, there's always crowing about that it's the ultimate team sport that, you know, everybody needs to pull together on the oars in order to be successful. But as soon as the series is over, we always blame one guy. You know, mm-hmm. that's just the tradition. And I never felt it was all. Ovechkin's fault that they haven't won in the past. But what I do see this year is a guy, you know, in the past, he's tried to buy in, like when Dale Hunter was coach in Washington, you saw Ovechkin sort of change and try to do it, but it didn't feel like his heart was in it. When I see Ovechkin now in this series, I see a guy who has completely bought in. Like, he is a different player now. And he has the ability, always has had it, to rise up and deliver at opportune times. He certainly has done that uh, in this series. And um, I think that's uh, helped as other uh, capital players have seen sort of that uh, difference in him, and uh, I think it's helped carry them as well.
4: What's your uh, up-to-the-minute power rankings, Kevin? Uh, give me uh, the two Stanley Cup combatants as of now, and you're welcome to change your opinion as we go on. Well,
8: I, I've been known to do that as I've watched series progress, but... Um, mm-hmm. You know, right now, uh, the Winnipeg Jets has been the most, they've been the most impressive team that I've seen just because of how dangerous they are offensively. And I think their defense doesn't get enough credit and Hellebuck is good enough to carry them. So I see them going to the final. Uh, uh, and, uh, you know, right now Tampa Bay looks pre formal as well. But to be honest with you, uh, depending on what happens over these next two games, I could easily, uh, see either the Penguins or the Capitals taking down, uh, Tampa Bay.
4: So you're not uh, giving up on uh, the Penguins just yet?
8: Oh no, 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 no! I've uh, I've covered the sport too long and seen too many uh, uh, Penguins uh, victories to not trust. Uh, you know they have the uh, the equivalent of a master's degree in postseason success. Mm-hmm. Like they understand how you win in the postseason, and you know for that reason, uh, you know as oppressive as the Capitals have been, and I think they have been impressive. I I never discount uh sydney crosby and the penguins
4: last thing for you kevin there's a big game today got to have a prediction u.s germany who's going to win
8: oh u.s for sure <laughs> yeah 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 hey, yeah no this hey look this is actually you know and you know this it's one of the better rosters they've uh, managed to put together whenever you get patrick kane to say i'm in yeah and then and johnny, johnny gaudreau yeah no that's right and and dylan larkin hey don't discount him as well he's uh, really been a uh I uh, had a good season in Detroit and I think he's stepping up and becoming a star.
4: Could be uh, world champions coming up this spring, huh? Yeah, you
8: never know.
1: They've been there done that kind of country, aren't they? they
8: they know how to beat Germany. <laughs> they, yes, we do. Yeah. Yeah. I I I'm pretty sure we have a perfect record.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Kevin Allen, hockey writer for USA today. Thanks for joining us this morning, Kevin. All right,
4: see you later, guys. Bye-bye.
0: Um that's peng- going on
4: in Denmark, that's the world championships, which mm-hmm. I pay great attention to and Seemingly nobody else does, but I knew Kevin would have a...
0: Had no idea there was even a game today.
4: No, I've been peeking in on it. I'm running out of here and going home to watch us uh, invade Germany, so to speak.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So he talked about... Kevin Allen talked about the loss of depth with the Penguins roster. Do you agree with that, that being a problem?
4: I think, you know, the depth scoring hasn't been there, but... Not this season, no. The good scoring has been good enough that I don't think that's been an issue for him. Uh the breakdowns. I keep going back to you know the other Mental. night. Letang's a guy they are counting on. And I know people watched him play all year. He's been madden- maddeningly inconsistent mm-hmm. to the point that people wonder if he's even considered one of their top guys anymore. But based on the amount of minutes he's playing, the coach is consider him one of their top guys. And for the, sure. you know, one of the things that gets you through is your top guys have to be your top guys. I know they did no him for mistake. I know they did it, did it without him last year, but he's out there twenty-three, twenty-four, twenty-five minutes a night. Can't have those two catastrophic breakdowns that he had in the third period. I, You know, uh, I saw a lot of reaction to that game, and people were talking about the offseason Rutherford had and all kind of th- grandiose theories. Sometimes it just comes down to make the play, the simple play you're supposed to make. And if he makes those two, they maybe win that game, and we have a whole different conversation going on. Yeah, so you're I, carrying a lead into the third period. I think they're perfectly capable still, but – they have not from, Me the, too. from the start of the year when they were kind of in and out, and they all said, well, they're coming off two championships. Mm-hmm. Who cares about November, December? The dangerous part about flipping that switch as they did this year is that sometimes the simple plays aren't ingrained in your in your mind. You don't have the muscle memory. You're not reacting the way you're supposed to react because you've been doing it right for six months. They haven't been, and now they're trying to do it right every time, and it's it's eluding them. But when they do it right, they're very good. And so, we saw the same thing, Mike, in the Philly series. The difference was that the the Flyers didn't capitalize on those opportunities. Right, and the Washington has has more punch. Caps are burying them. I mean, the Penguins are certainly still good enough, but are they consistent enough? That's the that's the decisive uh, question that's got to get answered. And we'll get answered one way or the other.
0: Game six tonight at PPG Paints Arena. Mike's got a full sports report. That's next. It's the DVE Morning Show.
4: DVE Sports. I could just listen to these new beds for a while. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> it's energizing my game. It's like getting a new line <laughs> mate. I just dump it up to the space and he goes and gets it. <laughs> Good things happen. Sports this hour brought to you by Caseta by Lutron. Smart lighting controls. Game six tonight. The Penguins facing elimination against the Washington Capitals at the PPG Paints Arena. Seven o'clock on your pens flagship. 105.9 the X, the Penguins, coming off uh, a six-to-three loss in Game Five on Saturday, that put them in this elimination-facing predicament. Uh, not that they played poorly, or at least not that they came out of that six-three loss feeling as if they played poorly. They just didn't get it done. Here's Justin Schultz. Everyone was fine. Um,
2: you know, we played a solid game. Power play was good tonight. Um, just a couple breakdowns like I said and um, you know they're a very skilled team they're going to bury those so it's it's tough but all you can do now is just uh, go home and try to get that one
4: Yeah, If the Penguins uh, would win tonight there would be a game 7 on Wednesday night at the PPG Paints Arena the Penguins, uh, or excuse me, uh, in Washington Penguins have uh, overcome some hardships on the way to the Stanley Cup the last Couple of seasons, and Connor Sheary maintains there's no reason this uh, potential Stanley Cup run should be any different.
1: We're a confident group, obviously. Um, the last two years, we know we kind of know what it takes. I think uh, we got a lot of good leaders in this room, a lot of good veterans that uh, kind of lead the way, and uh, us younger guys kind of following behind. So uh, we'll, we'll rely on that in Game Six. This is the first Game Six elimination they've faced in their. Run of Stanley Cup championships dating back to the the Tampa Bay series in sixteen. Right? Yeah,
4: before they had even won the first of the two in a row, they were um, facing elimination, and they didn't have Trevor Daly. That's right. And they got and that it was at Tampa. Th- and it was at Tampa, and they got that done, and then they came back and got it done in Game Seven. Desperation time tonight. That's not a word that uh, Mike Sullivan prefers. He. Uh, would rather his team play with focus and urgency and more positive connotation type phrases, uh, other than desperation. But, uh, whatever, uh, phrase you choose to apply. Sidney Crosby said the Penguins have been applying it for a while now.
1: Yeah, I think your desperation levels at its highest, I mean, knowing the situation, but, um, you know, I feel like we've played pretty desperate hockey here, especially the last time. So, um, yeah, I think we're, we're moving our feet. We're going to the forecheck, um, um at this this time of year, it's always a game of you know, game of inches, and unfortunately tonight we didn't get the result, but uh, we did a lot of good things, and just make sure that uh, we have that that mentality here going
4: into game six. Yeah, Sullivan prefers determined, urgent, focused, detail oriented, desperate. I guess is you know, uh, he explained that last year during the playoff run. He said that, that it kind of implies you're running around out there with your hair on <laughs> fire, and you don't really know what's going on. That's that you can't just. Try to max out on effort and go crazy. You gotta, you gotta apply it. And uh they've been there before and they have done that before. Uh You just heard from Schultz and Shearing and Crosby, and you got a good uh, load of all the cliches and uh, phrases and, and points that you expect everybody to address in this type of situation. Now let's cut to the chase. Here's goaltender Matt Murray. The more we know we can score. We just gotta defend, and then we'll the scoring chances
1: will come.
0: Just got to defend. Just
1: defend. Translation, hey, guys, don't hang
4: me out to dry tonight, please. Yeah. Or when it happens, maybe a big save at the right time wouldn't hurt either. I don't think he's played yeah, poorly. Yeah, that's not illegal. I don't think he's played poorly, but I don't think he's been brilliant. And uh might be time for him to be brilliant and get him to game seven if it works out that way. He's certainly got that in his repertoire. Uh, just in case you haven't been paying attention, in the Penguins wins this series. The scores were three to two and three to one. In the Capitals wins this series, the scores were four to one, four to three, and six to three. Now, a couple empty netters in that uh, six to three win. But anybody else see a trend? Just defend, and then let the scoring opportunities materialize. That's all I gotta do.
1: It's not necessarily how they're built this year to play. They they look like they're a team to.
4: It's built to trade chances. Yeah, it's not how they're ever built, but they've won because they've been able to adopt uh that philosophy and execute it to near perfection. They get beat two to one tonight. You know, and it's a, the chances were there, so be it. If you lose another sloppy five three, six four, and you've basically given them half their goals, then that's gonna make for a long summer. I agree least it should maybe it won't maybe let's say out of hell with it we won the last two can't win every year <laughs> pens caps tonight uh, the lightning are in the eastern conference final for the third time in four years after beating the bruins three to one yesterday afternoon and the golden knights have advanced to the western conference final three nothing over the sharks last night the uh, predators are at the jets tonight that's uh, a nine thirty start And uh, Winnipeg leads that series three games to two. Uh, I'm with Kevin Allen. I think it's going to be Tampa and Winnipeg playing for the Cup. That was my – I had Winnipeg coming out of the West, and I I had the East figured out to uh, Pittsburgh against either Tampa or Boston. Then I thought the Pens would be an underdog in that series if they got there. But uh, first things first, they got to get there. See what they got tonight. Starts tonight, Mike. Bucks uh, beat the Brewers 9 0 yesterday. Good weekend for the Pirates uh, getting back uh, on the winning track in Milwaukee. They're 19 and 16. They hit three home runs yesterday. And they got seven one hit shutout innings out of Chad Cool. Off day uh, today. And then the 19 and 16 Pirates will take on the White Sox in Chicago on Tuesday night. Ivan Nova against Lucas Giolito. And at the uh, World Championship Tournament in Denmark, it's the U.S. against Germany today at ten fifteen. U.S. has a shootout win over Canada and a 4-0 win over Denmark. In the hopper already and uh, taking on the Germans today. That's on the NHL network. I'm flying out of here at 10 o'clock and <laughs> going home and putting on some red, white, and blue. Watching us beat Germany, which we usually do. You know those are caps colors as well, so please change out of that before the game. Down. Yeah, I'll put the suit on when Thanks. I go to the game. Don't worry. <laughs> that's your dve sports
0: thanks mike congratulations to bill crawford running the half marathon yesterday
1: thank you for you guys i can't i can't ever stop thinking about um nikki glazer's joke oh you ran the half marathon i'm half proud of you (laughs) you finish the race fully proud that's a funny joke but that's an accomplishment
4: don't kid yourself it means i'm in i'm in pretty good shape that's all it means. Good for you. It's, well, you got some focus and you got some attention to detail. and You got some determination.
0: Driven to f- succeed. And
4: My daughters actually kind of put
1: everything in perspective. They're like, Dad, did you get a medal? And I said, yeah, I got a medal, sweetheart. And she goes, did every single person that ran this race get a medal? And I said, yeah. And she said, well, then the medal really doesn't matter.
4: <laughs> it was like. The worst part is she's going to come home one day and say, "Dad, I got a fifty on my math test. Where's my medal?" All <laughs> <laughs>
1: right. I actually, my daughter. No, you, did, you did great, man. Thank Congratulations. You, man. Yeah, no, it was fun, and it was a fun weekend. We were down there. We ran the uh, the kids' marathon on Saturday with the girls.
0: Yeah, and, it's a full weekend. And and they start stuff yeah. on Friday. And that and, was
4: awesome as well. You got to do no, it with fun. GoPro next year.
0: Oh, that's a good idea. And that then, is
4: a uh, good idea. And then edit a video up. Oh. Mike. Good call, Mike. Coming with a good call. Oh, I, hey, I have great ideas when I'm telling somebody else to run 13. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Hey, you have your chance to win 1000 bucks in cash from DVE.
1: That's a lot of scratch. It is.
6: We need some help on this. We need you to help us out by clapping your hands. Get your hands going. And we're going to do a song for you that we wrote for. We're from the Pittsburgh area, and there are a lot of hockey fans down there. we got a pretty good hockey team known as the Pittsburgh Penguins. And this is a song that, that we wrote for them and has sort of unofficially become their theme song. We'd like to do it for you right now. We need you to help us out by singing along right now. It's called It's a Great Day for Hockey. Here we go.
2: It's a great day. It's a great day. For hockey. Hey okay. It, good and loud oh look out ready the pants are coming through everyone knows what they're gonna do drink from the Stanley Cup one more time it's a great day it's a great day for hockey, for hockey. it's a hockey night it's a hockey night in Pittsburgh PA it's a great
6: Jamie Alexia. Closer towards an it comes off the backboard. And it will come to Derek forsard Back to Alexia. She scores. He's got that bullet on the right side. The Penguins get that opening goal as Alexiak, from 62 feet away. Puts the Penguins into the lead and stop the car, Mabel. It's one-nothing Pittsburgh. Karam's over to the far board. Schultz retrieves it. Goes to Crosby. Double team. But he does get the buck to Malkin to the right point. Justin Schultz of the bench moves to the center point. Gives it to Kessel. Shooting, scoring, Phil Kessel from the left wing circle. And the Penguins have tied this game at two. No oh, call Arnold Slick from Turtle Creek. It's Kessel on the play. Might have been touched, we'll wait and see. And a Penguins Crosby goes to And Crosby, right wing boards, moves to the right wing dot. Passes to Schultz, left side to Kessel. Surveys the scene and runs off a body and hope he stopped it. Did it go in or not? The Penguins take us in, yes it is. It is in the net. Patrick Hornquist may have moved the puck right behind. Hobie being the Penguins have taken a 3-2 lead. You can tell your ma and tell your pa we're going to send you back to Arkansas. The Penguins have the lead, 3-2. That should
1: have been it. <laughs> that should have been it.
0: Oh, God. Let's hope we don't have an outcome tonight like we did the other night. Penguins and Capitals, game six tonight. PPG paints a rain to the big screen outside weather. Eh, very slight chance of rain. Very slight. I Dress doubt accordingly. That's not going to keep anybody away tonight. Elimination game.
4: They've done this Wha- before. It's not supposed to be easy.
0: You're right. And the fifth
4: time in the last two seasons. Last two runs, right? Yeah, if you count the game sevens, which technically they're elimination games, but they're elimination games for the other team too. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a different dynamic than one team not having that fear of their season ending and the other, you know, it might play a little bit in the Pens' favor tonight at least. Don't and you think the well, Caps
1: have that though, Mike, because of their record in game sevens?
4: Yeah, I mean, I don't think the players are thinking that way. The fans certainly are, but – uh, you know, to your point and Grant Paulson's point, Backstrom's status is going to be a Huge. large part of this game because he is just critical for them.
0: Is is it worse for a play? I mean, no player wants to sit out the playoffs. They'll do everything they can to play. But is it worse to be a a liability for your team out there or to to sit?
4: You know, my thought. I guess always, it depends
0: on how bad it is, but well,
4: and what are your options? Yeah, what's the depth? I mean, if you want to take, say, Phil Kessel out, do you trust Daniel Sprong? No. To no. me, to me, it's always up to the player to play. Mm-hmm. Hey, coach, I can go, yeah. I can play. Then it's up to the coach to look at the guy and say, you know what, you can't. We're better off without you. But to be better off without you, you have to have An a reasonable option to put in. So sometimes you just gotta go with what you got, you know. <laughs> have the guy do what he can. I mean, I'm sure if Backstrom can't take face-offs, they'll think at least he can pass the puck on the power play like he does and set up all those one-timers. But uh, you might you might see some uh, whacking of the hands tonight as well. Ooh. Yeah, because it looked like
1: he he took a slapper off the hand. Yeah. And that probably broke his hand.
4: You didn't see much of him after that. If he didn't that. play the last 11, 12 minutes of, of that game, then something is wrong. What do you think the atmosphere is tonight at the PPG? Oh. oh, I think it. I think it will be great. Leading in, yeah, I. I think it'll be emotionally charged but positive. If they fall behind one nothing, then I think it's it might get a little tight. Turn.
0: Do you think mentally, um, because they've been, you know, these guys know each other so well and played each other so many times in the playoffs. Do you think that mentally the Penguins have the edge?
4: I think the Penguins have a security and a. a a confidence about them because of a what has happened confidence. before. Uh, yeah, that's a good way to put it. I, I don't think the Caps are going to take the ice saying, "Oh, here we go again against these a holes." I think you know. Right. I think they're going to take the ice expecting to win. But now, if you know, let's say the Pens can get up by a goal or two, then everybody's Different human, and, and the mind starts to wonder. Does it not?
1: I'll tell you what. Th- what goal I keep coming back to is Ovechkin scoring in the last minute of Game Three. That game to me was like a game that I thought the Penguins were going to win, and he kind of ripped our hearts out there, at at the paint can.
4: Yeah, to I'll, do I'll, it in front of the home crowd. I'll back you up. One one before that, uh, the Niskanen goal that tied it was a Ooh, bad goal. Yeah, and that changed the entire Soft. dynamic of the period. They didn't get a chance to defend the lead. Now you're tied, and now you're trying to score, and you're opening yourselves up to you know what happened at the end. Um, they're they're pretty capable defensively when they're determined to be that, and uh, let's see if they can be that tonight. If well, I'm
1: Dumoulin, I'm going up to Latang before we take the ice, and I'm saying, "Hey, I'm your partner. Trust me. You do your job; I'll do mine."
0: Do you expect any changes in 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 anything as far as the lineup?
4: Any like, pairings? I don't think they're moving they,
0: things around it, at all.
4: You know, and Sprong is up with the Wilkesbury guys, and he's been involved here mm-hmm. for a little while, skating and whatnot. I just, I, I don't think there are any options. I don't think there are any major changes to make. I I don't know if he tweaks the lines again. I certainly like uh, Malkin, with, Malkin with Hornquist and Hagelin. Mm-hmm. And I certainly like Crosby with Gensel. And I think Broussard and Shiri have done some good work together. Uh, it hasn't changed the scoreboard necessarily, but I don't think they're playing poorly. They're just not impacting the game statistically uh, there's no reason for the Penguins to try to reinvent the wheel here. Just do what you did in game five and don't screw up royally two or three times.
1: <laughs> Fundamentals.
4: Can you, you give know, the pregame speech I,
1: to the team? <laughs> nah, they know. I mean, they
4: know. Oh, they definitely know.
1: They, that's why they didn't practice Yeah, it's what yesterday. It, Sullivan said they weren't going to look
4: at much video. I mean, that's the, the cliche of all time in sports. It is what it is. Uh, they know what works against these guys and what does not. And we'll see what they can make happen tonight. But uh, yeah, I think the the crowd, I think, will be going berserk oh. before the game. I think it, I think that place is going to be pulsating.
0: No question. Thanks to Grant Paulson for joining us this morning, and Kevin Allen uh, from the USA today. And tomorrow morning, we'll be joined by Billy Gardell and Derek Smalls of Spinal Tap, doing a show with a symphony nice. in June. We'll talk to Derek Smalls tomorrow, and we'll either be anticipating game seven or mourning the end of the season tomorrow morning. So we'll find out. Pens and caps tonight. It's a DVE morning show.
6: I'm finished. You stay classy, Pittsburgh. Don't touch your face.
4: I got him dead, Pittsburgh, all day, baby.
6: For now, you guys call me Ronald.
4: Would you not eat my pants?
6: Ronald. Ronald.